It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. We're going to watch Google all during the show because apparently they're having some massive network failures all over the world. We'll talk about what's coming up at WWDC tomorrow and the latest on GCHQ's plan to sneak into your group chats. It's all coming up next on Twit. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is... This is Twit, This Week in Tech, episode 721, recorded Sunday, June 2nd, 2019. Google Plus is still up. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage. Thinking about moving your data storage to the cloud? Wasabi is enterprise-class cloud storage at one-fifth the price of Amazon S3 and up to six times faster with no hidden fees for egress or API requests. Calculate your savings and try Wasabi with free unlimited storage for a month at wasabi.com. Code TWIT. And by Thousand Eyes. Companies that run in the cloud rely on Thousand Eyes. It's the place they go first to see, understand, and improve the digital experience of their cloud-based applications and services. Do the cloud right and improve services for your customers and employees today. Visit thousandeyes.com slash twit. And by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again when you can have brilliant, hyper-fast, super-simple Wi-Fi with Eero. Visit Eero.com slash twit. And get $100 off the Eero Base Unit 2 Beacon Package with one year of Eero Plus when you enter the code TWIT at checkout. And by LastPass, the number one most preferred password manager. Just remember your master password, and LastPass remembers the rest. Visit lastpass.com slash TWIT to learn more. It's time for TWIT This Week in Tech, the last day of the Internet. Has arrived. <laughs> Fortunately, all of you are in studio today. Thank goodness. Ian Thompson's here from the Register.co.uk's news director, a news editor. What are you? Oh, news uh, person, I'm a, a man of all trades, manager. You know. Hello, Ian. <laughs> Haven't seen you in ages. I know it's it's been a while, but always good fun to be back. And uh, you're reaching your half century mark uh, uh, in a week, don't and you're going me. to the UK to celebrate. Yes, I'm going to gorge out on haggis and black pudding and shortbreads and all the other things that you can't really get over. Jump here. up and down for Tottenham. Oh, ah, I'm more of a rugby bloke myself. But yes, I gather the streaker was quite fun. I hear it was, yes, there was a streaker last night. Oh, branded streaker. <laughs> he, had, he, had like, he had like something written across his ass. Like, uh, Oh, it was, I, I think she had some kind of a, a, a thing. I remember the good old days when people just streaked because they were drunk they and feeling run. stupid. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> they had integrity in those days. Exactly, exactly. It's all <laughs> about marketing now. <laughs> I would do it, but they can't fit Canadian Tire on my butt, so I don't think it work. Schmeiser's also here. Always a pleasure to have you, Lisa Schmeiser, so editor, ITT, Thank you. IT Pro Today. Mm-hmm. Always welcome. Mm-hmm. And my good friend from Austin, Texas, first met him at South by a couple of years ago, Whoa. Wesley Faulkner. <laughs> His new lower third is hire him. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley is a great guy and uh, is actually your, is, uh, anyway, we won't say anymore. Yes. But uh, it's great to have you. Yes. Wonderful. Great to, to be you. back. Yes. Second time in studio. And I say the last day of the internet because unaccountably there's a bunch of red dots on the G Suite status dashboard right now. And if you go to down detector, which is kind of a, I've just learned not the best place to go to find out if something's down because it's, it's, it's scraping tweets. It's not, it's, it's, it's doing slightly more than tweets. It's there not is, scientific. Uh, they have a Chrome extension too, but 
if you look at the big Google, uh, the big population centers in the Northeast and the West Coast, uh, some severe outages, something's going on. Don't know if it's Google alone or Google's Internet Connect. And it does, it does or, seem to be bringing down an awful lot of, of services like Uber and that sort of thing, which rely on Google's backbone in order to work. So um, This message is the only message we have right now from Google, and this was at about uh, an hour ago. Our team is continuing to investigate this issue. We'll provide an update uh, by 2.33, which is five minutes from right now. With more information about this problem, thank you for your patience. Mm-hmm. They say we're experiencing high levels of network congestion oh, in the not. eastern U.S., mm-hmm affecting multiple services in the cloud, G Suite, and YouTube. And that's how I learned of it, because many of our uh, live stream watchers are watching on uh, YouTube Live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the chat room started reporting this a couple of hours ago. Mm-hmm. They're saying, hey, you're mm-hmm. down. I uh, want to give a shout-out to an excellent piece that um, Gizmodo's Cashmere Hill did oh. back in January. I cut Google out of my life. It screwed mm. up everything. Yeah. yeah. And that she, was a marvelous piece of journalism. Oh, all of that was fantastic. The series is phenomenal. It was um, brave. <laughs> what she points out is since Google is woven into the fabric of a lot of other third-party applications, that when she cuts out Google, she also cuts out her ability to navigate without maps. Can't do anything, um, yeah. She she has base Uber doesn't work anymore, <laughs> and so if if Google continues to go down like it's going down so, right now, and you know, we it's, it's going to be a ripple. Airbnb don't photos and, don't load, New York Times articles right. don't load. People will know mm-hmm. by the time they hear the show probably what really happened. But what we don't know is if the was, other services going down are going down because they're using Google's OAuth or they're using some yeah. Google service for their backbone, mm-hmm. or they're using something related to Google. You know, this is, we're now in such an interconnected world. It's so interwoven with each other that it's... And this is the same time where Google's trying to consolidate their power with Nest and controlling all those services. Nest is down, by the way. Somebody told me his thermostat doesn't know what the temperature is. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. How do you know what the weather is if... This is why I don't have a smart home, to be honest with you. I mean, well, there's a couple of reasons I don't have a smart home, but turning over control of my infrastructure to a company that I have to rely on to keep it running is, is, is up there along with what are they doing with my data? What would we do? What would life be like if Google were down for a week? I'm thinking back when I was a kid in 1965, mm-hmm. the entire northeastern seaboard went dark for 13 hours, 30 million oh, people yes. without power. In fact, wasn't there a spike in the birth rate about nine months later? <laughs> yes, there was. I, I seem to remember yeah. the death weight yeah. went up too. So yeah. Oh wow! Well, okay. <laughs> there was a story about a kid yeah. who had a stick and he was hitting telephone poles and lights went out just when he hit one telephone pole and he thought for years he caused it. Oh, oh. It wasn't. It was an interconnect. It was a similar yeah. situation where mm. it was an interconnect, but uh, that was pretty bad. This isn't like the pow- the power going out. We still have lights. We have cameras. But I have to think there are people watching live who can't see us. Mm-hmm. We are using Google Docs for our show rundown mm-hmm. so we know what to... Mm-hmm. You're not, Wesley. You'll be the only guy who knows what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of us will be going, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so uh, what if you didn't have Google Search for a week? What if you didn't have Google Docs? What if you couldn't log into anywhere? What if Uber didn't exist for a week because of it? It'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I think, don't know. I think Amazon would be a lot worse, though. Well, oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. No, because Amazon's also a cloud. Yeah, Amazon's AWS, the, yeah. it's the number one cloud yeah. service in the world yeah. right now. Yeah, for so. all we know, Amazon's down and Google's just running on AWS. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ironic, wouldn't it? I feel like getting locked out of your consumer accounts would be less impactful than, again, some of the infrastructure 
like again, mm. AWS or Google Cloud or all of the um, tools that Google has aimed at app developers. I think that's actually worse because that's a layer that you can't see or perceive mm. and that you don't understand how it impacts you until it's gone. I think also we've got a slight advantage in that we're all of an age where we got around without the internet. We know how to read a map. We know mm-hmm. how to, you know, and I do worry with... You know, I couldn't sort of, get anywhere if I didn't have GPS. Oh, yeah. come I just on. sit in the middle of the road. You do managed you, it perfectly well before GPS. <laughs> I know. So, you know. Mm. I know, but I now I don't know. I don't know. Where do I turn? Lisa and I are driving down the highway arguing over whether the GPS says to turn at the next one or not. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's thinking, well, what does the sign say? Yeah, but you see, even with them, it's just like, I'll be, you know, I'll be giving my wife directions. Go, turn right. No, not that right. The other right. And then you realize, yeah, okay, <laughs> it's me. But, you know. So... I don't know if this is related, but I do remember in 2014, August 12th, 2014, much of the internet went down because of something called 512K Day. And there has been some concern that we're getting 768K Day should happen the next, soon. In fact, it might have happened today. Mm. This is a weird problem. 512K Day, AT&T, British Telecom, Comcast, Sprint, and Verizon all went down. Because their their BGP router tables could oh, only accommodate five hundred twelve thousand addresses. As soon as there were more than that, crash. This is the same problem. These are older routers, I would guess. Seven sixty eight k limit, and we are. And by the way, you can check. There's a uh, there's a Twitter account that we could check. BGP four dash table. It's only IP four addresses currently. 778,915 IPv4 Ooh. prefixes. Oh. So I'm wondering mm. if maybe we hit that 768K limit. And if anyone's going to hit it early, it's Google. So, you know, it's... I don't know. I mean, that's just an interesting yeah. vulnerability I hadn't really even known about. I got to a huge yeah. argument earlier this week with someone who insisted that the Y2K problem had been a complete fudge and it was just to give computer programmers jobs. And <laughs> it nearly came to blows. It was just like, look, idiot. It's just, no, no. It, the it, reason but, it wasn't a bigger problem is because... Yeah, because they, everyone pulled the stocks out. Bro- cobalt programmers off the golf course and yeah. went to fix it. Well, My mom programs in Cobalt. It's a good. It's a, it's a good skill to have at the moment. Stock. I do. I'm, I'm very. I'm very lucky. <laughs> All her emails are in uppercase, but that's okay. I'm concerned You're about. You're also not wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us back to tech. Uh, uh, tomorrow's WWDC, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And Apple's doing a pivot to services. Uh. And this has got to have a cloud. I don't know, positive or negative, about the announcement about them rolling out all the stuff and services and how everyone should rely on them uh if if the cloud is not reliable if google's not reliable how will they adjust what they're going to present saying that you can trust us Mm. we're always there i don't know how well that's going to go yeah i mean they're presumably they've got some fairly i mean they've built the enormous campus they've built the presentation room if they haven't built a decent solid fiber fiber link in there then they've only themselves to blame but it's a valid point because The more we come to develop on these, we come to rely on these services, and the more the companies themselves come to rely on them as a service stream, these outages are going to become more and more expensive. Yeah. The question I have is one of the reasons Apple's done as well as it has is for quite a while, and I want to say quite a while because I'm not sure this is the case recently, but for quite a while, they had a premium retail experience. Mm -hmm. I know that recently there have been a lot of... Are we saying overpriced with that? (laughs) (laughs) Premium can mean so many things. <laughs> no, they, but they were selling the idea of a premium retail experience. It was very high-touch, very hands-on. And when you move to a services-based revenue stream, 
what I'm curious about is whether or not Apple's going to replicate this sort of high touch experience that they've had with customers or if they're going to go the same way that right. other services based um, revenue streams have gone where it's all here is the FAQ. Feel free to guide yourself through the FAQ. Here is a chat bot you can talk right. to if the FAQ doesn't work. Here is the email address that you can send a frustrated email to. We may respond in three days. In the meantime, we're going to keep auto charging your credit card nine ninety nine a month. Enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that I feel hasn't been adequately covered whenever any tech company says we're, we're launching a service to stream is what's your infrastructure for supporting customer relations on that? Because people are going to want something for their $9.99 a month. Does or anybody really run their own cloud 100%? I mean, I know for a long time Apple was using Microsoft's Azure. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, they uh, told folks that they were using S3 and Google Compute. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at the current iOS security guide where this stuff mm-hmm. seems to leak out. Um, the, it looks like this is as of May of this year, last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple does, in fact, use Amazon Web Services and Google Cloud Platform for some of its uh, mm-hmm. authentication. I think the strength and diversity argument comes in here. If you can get yeah. your thing working on multiple platforms. Yeah. Multi-homed cloud. Yeah. 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 And then if every, you, know, you can always switch from one to the other. And if, all, if every cl- major cloud provider goes down then we're all buggered anyway remember so, when know. they used to say the internet was designed to survive a nuclear attack nobody, <laughs> nobody says that much anymore well, actually, I, <laughs> partly because i think it was apocryphal right it wasn't really oh no no i i interviewed um what's his face roberts uh, about this because well i say interviewed we were stuck in a taxi for an hour and we got talking good way to interview um, somebody yeah and yeah they sold it to congress on mm-hmm. distributed computing so that in the event of a nuclear war you know if one hub gets taken down it can root around it and he said, yeah, no, that that was honestly just what we told Congress to get funding because <laughs> any idiot would know that if you detonate a nuclear bomb, the EMP is going to knock out vast yeah, swathes of yeah. infrastructure. It's going to go anyway. But it, it really Pittsburgh. sold it to Congress. <laughs> yeah. And they heard this and were just like, yep, okay, we'll give you the funds to do yeah. that. It yeah. does. The internet does route around damage. Oh, it does, right? yeah, but you can't route, route around a nuclear war. There, you there know, are limits to the scope of the damage it can route around. So... <laughs> But yet, even saying the internet routes around damage, you could see things like Google just go down. Why yeah. isn't it? It's not routing around whatever is going on right now. Yeah. I think Google's just such a monolith. You know, it's this, these large cloud services are so monolithic that it's kind of like the was it the nineteen ninety telephone exchange that went mm-hmm. down, uh, the AT and T outage that went out, just somebody installing standard upgrade which caused a feedback loop and spread throughout the entire network. Mm-hmm. If something like that can take out a major cloud or a major telcos network. You've got to have diversity in there because um, otherwise you're, you're wide open to losing everything. Meanwhile, red dots on Gmail, Calendar, Drive, Docs, Sheets, Slides, Sites, groups. Google Plus is up. Google Plus is up. <laughs> All oh ten people. Were. <laughs> yeah. Google Plus is up. You're a great optimist. I <laughs> yeah. Literally up tens of people have this. Premium launches a premium collaboration tool for enterprise customers. That's a lot of red dots on the yeah. Google status board. Uh, and they said they would let us know by 2.33. It's just lucky this is a Sunday this is happening. Not yeah. yeah. No. Uh, well, can you imagine the howls if this were a Monday? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the outages mailing list is going absolutely nuts at the moment. Looking mm-hmm. at this, uh, just like I, I did hear. Um, well, it points out the physical limitations of the cloud. I did hear a lot. You of just people... talked about how the fact is that we, we haven't had it roll. It's not as if one data center went down and the rest of Google's infrastructure said we're picking up the slack until we can fix it. It's yeah. gone yeah. widespread, yeah. which means that Go- someone at Google is going to have a lot of explaining to do. Mm-hmm. After they f- after they fix this, oh, the weekend is toast. 
Yes. Well, actually, I heard. Do they, they even have weekends in that culture? Well, I wouldn't have thought so. No, yeah. it's just like you stagger you, you stagger people. But given the state yeah. of Google's contracting workforce at the moment, it's just like, yeah. well, you're going to, have to pay me a bit more to get up, get me out of mm-hmm. bed. Do you think? I think people aren't going to say to Apple tomorrow, "Oh, well, Google was down. Now you're down. No. Now you're. Why are you going to services? I don't think people pay that much attention. No. To well, there's a big difference between what tech journalists tend to pay attention to versus. Yeah, I'm looking what? at the New York Times tech section. Not one word about it right now. No. You've got to understand it's Sunday. Some of us need days off as well. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's like every time Facebook has some really bad news, they drop it at 5 p.m. on a Friday right. afternoon. Yeah. Because back in the days of print, that used to be a good way to kill a story yeah. because no one read the Sunday, Saturday newspapers. Mm-hmm. What it does these days is piss off an enormous amount of tech journalists who are just like, right, that's tomorrow. So, you know, well, there, gonna, is uh, no, there is no weekly news cycle anymore. No. Um, at this point, you would even say there might not even be a daily news cycle. It's, it's almost um, quarter daily yeah. in I some mean, ways. Unless the news drops... You know, around about Hawaiian time, yeah. then you know, you, you someone's going to be reporting it somewhere, mm-hmm. be it in yeah. U.S., China, U.K., whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, well, meanwhile, there's a big red dot over the United States, and uh, somewhere. If we all a- have to start staying up until 9 p.m. Honolulu time to find out what's going on in the world, I'm going to be very cross with you for planting oh. that suggestion. Ian. <laughs> I am not. A, I'm not a morning person myself, so no. no. <laughs> Um, let's just uh, let's just check. It does look like a measles outbreak at the moment. It does, yeah. doesn't it? Let's yeah. just check Apple's uh, system status. Actually, some yellows on here, which mean issues. Yeah. Uh, doesn't look like Apple offers a red dot, only green or yellow. So. Yeah, well, that would be bad PR. So, uh, you know, yeah. Actually, I'm wondering now if it's I'm more backup. than Google. Documents in the cloud issue. iCloud backup issue. issue. Oh, iCloud iMessage book. issues. iMessage oh. issue. Um, so that's, let's just Hold check. On. Let's click on that link and see. Uh, less than one percent of users affected. That's not so significant. So, all my O's. although Apple, it's fewer than one percent, I believe. But okay, okay, hang on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all I think lead Gmail, uh, link Gmail accounts are down on iOS. Uh, so this uh, is no interesting. We'll watch this. IOS. We'll continue to watch it. Uh, we do want to talk a little bit about WWDC. It's tomorrow. Apple's big mm-hmm. event. They cleared the t- they cleared the boards <laughs> by by. Ending our long national nightmare after four years of waiting, the new iPod Touch is finally here. Who says Apple has run out of ideas? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a four-year-old platform and put keister. a faster processor in it. <laughs> uh, they shipped a new uh, MacBook Pro as well. Um, Actually, some, some, before, we, before we move on, I just want to show you one quick Uh-oh, Karsten. thing. Look at oh, those. Uh, what do those spikes this mean? Is all, this is down detector. Uh-huh. Uh, the spike means... These are people complaining like, about Vimeo, complaining Verizon, about AT&T, Crunchyroll, Shopify, Discord, <laughs> I love Comcast. how Comcast is like a mountain Oh my God, range, Pokemon Go is down. Instagram, YouTube. So those those are tweets complaining about right. service outages. Mm. Yes. CenturyLink, Cox, EA. Uh, seems to be either... Not Twitch. I think no. <laughs> people are just... Twitch and Comcast are like mounted like ranges up and down keeps the whole going, time. Reddit is, Reddit is just fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you don't use Twitter to find out how things are going. Do you know, you know when you go on a website and you wait for the the ad slow and it mm-hmm. slows mm-hmm. down with ad words being down, I'm guessing the whole entire oh web is... Oh, my God. Ooh, advertising infrastructure. Yeah. Even Mint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tinder, but uh, uh, Tinder looks like it's got a fraught relationship. Apple Store. With, uh, well, also, I mean, it's, it's, it's Saturday night was prime Tinder time, so yeah. you know it's <laughs> Tinder. Time. Not Uber Eats. <laughs> hey, but Google Plus is Postmates. still. Oh on. God, what will people do for food? Literally <laughs> tens of people over. Now is this volume from people who can't get on Google, and so mm-hmm. they go on these, these are other real, services? These are number of complaints. Compl- yeah, Twitter complaints. A lot of services. Etsy. Yeah, Blogger. 
Uh, that's a Google service, of course. Even mm-hmm. Wix, which is not. Um, interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Carson, break in any time. <laughs> Someone's just commented on the boards. Usenet's still up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, Usenet is that part of the internet. is that part of the internet that will survive the nuclear? Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's more than Google, but I don't know. I no, like it, maybe maybe Google is, is just that thoroughly enmeshed yeah. with everything else at yeah. this point. Something is going seriously weird. My contention is this will be the last iPod ever. You can salute it as it sails off into the sunset. Why would I, they waited a four years to update mm-hmm. it? They updated it with the A10 processor, which is the same processor in an iPhone Seven, three year old iPhone, and they chose four hundred bucks for it. Mm-hmm. They want four hundred bucks for something that is obsolete as hell i mean look at the bezels on that thing four inch screen home button no fingerprint no face id yeah why did they even bother it's the cupertino idiot tax you know it's like if you if you package something up in a pretty enough way a certain section of people will buy it no matter what this is largely apple's business model at the at the moment they've (laughs) given up on innovation well some have said if apple's doubling down in services it's important to have a Low-cost service device. But low-cost, that's $400. Bucks. How is, yeah, you yeah. could buy an iPad for three twenty nine. Yeah. Question uh, is, did this miss the iPad mini rollout? Remember that week ah, of everything that was... That was really good, yeah. Where everything was coming out. I think you can get an iPod Touch for two ninety nine. I would have... Oh, you can get... Yeah, but I mean... But that's 32 gigs of storage. One ninety nine. Yeah. Okay, so that's 32 gigs of storage. But it's so still... So 200 bucks is still cheaper than well, the iPad. I'm... Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the use case is for. I've tell you what the key use case is. If you want to punish a child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You know, uh, a slipper is a lot easier. I want an iPhone. Cheaper, I want an iPhone. I want an iPhone. Here it is. Here it is. Watch your dreams crumble and die, child. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned that, and yet um, among the since I, I now know a lot of knee biters and their families by, by by virtue of having one of my own, and in. Typically, what happens is the parents pass down their old phones to their kids. That's, and that's my contention. Is, is first they, of all, they neuter, I mean, they 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 limit the capability sharply so that the kid. Yeah, can't, you just take the SIM card out of an yeah. iPhone, you've got it. But that's what all of my daughter's friends have yeah. now. Is they're quote unquote their iPhones, which are basically tiny devices that can hop onto Wi Fi to. How, FaceTime how old is your daughter? She's eight. So yeah. I'm thinking nine or ten. You're going to give the kid a phone because it's a convenience for parents. Because you want to be able to have the kid call you if there's an emergency or if they're there be, be are, picked up. There are devices that yeah, they have marketed a, at that age group where a it's a communications device. A um, we want to We've done that shit. Uh, no, but I have misgivings about letting them onto onto letting them onto the, the wider internet or to communicate via social media because well, they're going to get a chats. lot of robocalls but you well, just not, teach them not to answer it's, it's actually human <laughs> they interaction. can't have I want, that I want them share. to get a little bit more fluent in human interaction yeah, and what's right. okay and what's not before i give them a device that launches them into the world like well, that. you can lock it down i mean yeah. you could make sure they don't install apps they don't have snapchat yeah. on there yeah. i just, just feel like parents word. more and more want their younger children to have phone access in they the won't be able to reach if, them in some if, way. Right. But there's I, there's actually a, a kid in our scout troop who has like a wrist communicate. It's like Star Trek. It's a wrist thing where they can punch a button to. Uh, the only problem is I've done a couple yeah. of stories on those in the last in the last six months or so. The security yeah. on them sucks yeah. badly. Yeah. That kid will have a phone yeah. in six months. I'm promising yeah. you. All well, it takes is the one security. I'm also concerned about how those kids are being tracked or what kind of yeah, data the right. places that make these right. these these devices or offer these services because. I've I've sat in on product meetings where basically the minute you mention oh it's a service for parents and kids like the dollar signs start pulsing in people's eyes because yeah. they're like ooh I can I can track their data and monetize this and there's no reasonable expectation of privacy or data integrity. 
So. Well, also, I mean, they're keen to get into it. What's the old Jesuit adage? Um, yes, give me a child until the age seven. of seven, and then he's your, he's mine for life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Father Robert never said that. No, no. He's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. But he's actually. In fact, if he had, I would have fired his ass <laughs> so fast. This is yeah. the confusing uh, thing about Father Robert, though, because he's he's like he is this Jesuit priest. And you think and he loves I should disagree with you, but you make so much sense. Oh, no, he's a sweetheart. The Jesuits are oddly the enough ones, the most yeah. educated of the bunch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They believe in evolution. They, it was a Jesuit you know. that came up with the Big Bang. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Keep in mind that these do not have Qualcomm, Qualcomm radios in it, yeah. and this was developed during the dispute. So I don't know if this was maybe that's some why. sort of yeah. test to see how it goes. But Wesley, do you think there will ever be another iPod after this? No, no. And the thing is, four years from now, when it's clear they're not going to update it, what are we going to do? This is the time we should say, thank you, iPod. Mm -hmm. We had a great run. Uh, The first iPod came out, what, about 2001, as I remember? Mm -hmm. So it's been almost 20 years. Actually, you give me an idea then. I don't think this is going to be the last iPod. There's no way Apple is going to miss up a marketing opportunity like that. They will do the final edition iPod. Oh, You'll be able to buy gold encrusted with little crystals. A 20th and, anniversary. A 20th yeah. anniversary. Yeah, they're basically the opposite of MTV, which likes to pretend history doesn't exist. So 2021, <laughs> look for the last iPod. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like those retro consoles that come out. Like, they'll kill it and they'll bring it back. Oh, and with, the, it with the dial? Yeah. And the, and the <laughs> yeah. My boss has just yeah. bought one of these tiny PlayStation replicas, which carry, which is preloaded with, like, sort of eight PlayStation He's going to regret it. He's, he should have ordered the Playdate. I don't think you can order this yet. Mm-hmm. Playdate? Oh, you don't know about this? This We've talked about this last week. This is a uh, kind of retro gaming device. Looks like a little bit like a Game Boy with a black and white uh, e-ink screen and a crank. And uh, Wait, it's crank? being developed by Panic, who does the best-known Apple... Uh, FTP program transmit also does uh, some other useful tools like Coda, and they um, they're going to ship this. So does that actually power it up, or is it a game? No, playing it's device? a game. <laughs> it's oh, a, it's so an input the, device. I thought the crank would would power it up. Yeah, like those emergency radios. Yeah, I've got a crank. No, that seems like a sensible use for it. The idea of the crank. Let me let me see if I can get autoplay working. I guess I'm. Is you see you crank it. This little guy's running across the screen. Mm-hmm. The crank could control it. Here, let's just... Let's just... Crank, damn it! Okay, never mind. <laughs> but there we go. There, the, See, the crank could... The, the crank could control it. Oh, good grief. You know, yeah. I say on the, every time I come on this show, I always end up saying this, but I really feel like we're moving to a post-keyboard user interface, and this more or less confirms that kids coming up through this technology now are going to kind of expect full-body haptic. why doesn't my iPod Touch have a crank? <laughs> yeah. It should have a crank, Daddy. Yeah, in Please. an English accent, that can be badly misheard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a crank, Daddy. Uh, anyway, that's going to be $150. It comes with uh, a game a week for 12 weeks. And so 150 American dollars in 12 games, and then you have to pay more for more games? Is that it? It all just becomes a dead device. 12 or... games should be enough for anybody. Yeah. No, they're encouraging people to write more games. It, uh, uh, Brianna Wu was on last week, said she couldn't wait to get one because she wants yeah. to, it uses Lua, and she wants to write some games in Lua. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, I, I don't know why I keep giving them a plug for that, except that at $50 less than an iPod Touch, I think it seems like a more, <laughs> a more desirable device. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about WWEC in a bit. Fun panel today. Mm. I'm not going to get a word in edgewise because we've got Ian Thompson here, <laughs> Leah, Lisa Schmeiser, mm-hmm. Wesley Faulkner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are talking about the week's tech news. Also a great audience, by the way. I guess a lot of people in town for WWDC. We've got people from all over the world, from London, Israel, 
even Cincinnati and San Jose. So thank you, uh, everybody, for joining us today. Our show today brought to you by a cloud service. I'm thinking they probably... Just, well, I'm not going to check if they're up or not. Uh, uh, check if they're up. Go ahead. Wasabi.com. I guarantee you they're up. Wasabi is hot cloud storage. They've rethinking the whole idea of what cloud storage could be. It comes to us from David Friend and Jeff Flowers. I've known David for a long time. They've come up with a way to save 80% on your cloud storage costs, to increase the speed 600%, uses the same S3 API you're used to, but costs a lot less. Plus, there's free egress. They never charge you for egress. Maybe you should be thinking about Wasabi. It's just as secure, actually probably more secure than on-premises storage. HIPAA compliant, FINRA compliant, CJIS compliant. Very, very reliable and very affordable. I love this immutable storage idea. This is such a brilliant idea. You can designate some of your data or all of your data if you want. Untouchable. This is what you need in this day of an age of ransomware and or fumble-fingered employees. That data can't be changed. Move stuff up to the cloud where it'll be safe forever. Never have to worry about getting charged for egress or API access. And are you ready for durability? 11 nines. 11 nines. 80% cheaper, six times faster, 11 nines of durability, immutable storage, redundant data centers, and they're up right now. Maybe this is a good time to go to wasabi.com. They have a free one-month unlimited storage trial for Twit listeners. You have to click a uh, the free trial link and use the offer code Twit to get that. W-A-S-A-B-I.com. Please use that offer code. Let them know you uh, saw it here. I am really a fan uh, of these guys. I've known them for years, and I know they're doing something really exciting. And I just want the world to know. I want... I know you're going to have three names in your list. I want you to add Wasabi to that list. W-A-S-A-B-I.com. And you can try it out. Unlimited storage with the offer code TWIT for the first month. Uh, boy, let's just check the Google. I was going to say, this Google is exactly cloud. the time to be promoting small, think, smaller cloud I providers. Yeah. Wasabi might, uh, might have a real opportunity here. Yeah, that, that big oh. red dot's getting bigger. Oh, wait. Uh, they're up in Toronto now, too. Yeah, Canada's been suffering as well. Uh, the, 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 looks like uh, South Detroit. Uh, so it's oh, Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is honestly a, an artifact of the way down detector works uh, because it's all it's all urban areas. Uh, but clearly, there's an issue. If we go to the uh, Google status board, let's just refresh that. Still red dots next to oh, almost everything except Google Plus. <laughs> and uh, now Google said that they were going to tell us something. Uh, they so far no word about what's going on. Let's there must see. be deluged with people going, if you try turning it off and on again. Yeah. <laughs> it's an it's, it's interesting story. Um, and uh, some severe outages all over the world right now. Uh, but we don't know why. And we don't know if it's just Google, to be honest. I know, you know as we said, uh, system issues with uh, Apple as well. WWDC is tomorrow. Apple will announce all these great new online services you won't be able to use. <laughs> uh, they'll also announce, we think, iOS 13. Yeah, with exciting new volume control. I wonder. Ooh. Yeah, and dark mode. 
That's where everybody gets excited. Dark I, mode, aren't you? And excited? mouse support. Yeah. yeah so that's right. interesting. You think they will offer iPad Pro mouse support? I mean, it's rumored. Mm. I, last, well, I have to say, the first time I was on the show, I think I said that it's going to the, the the new iPad Pro is going to be the platform for their next Merge OS. I agree. And with this you. is moving closer and closer to yeah. that yeah. being a reality. Mm. Um, they said, I mean, and the rumors is that it's for accessibility, but when you have Keyboard support supported, mouse support supported, uh, merged apps on the mm-hmm. on uh, the desktop. Yeah, Marzipan mm-hmm. will let you put your iOS yeah. apps on the desktop yeah. sometime soon, and so and it's you can use it as a second display, right. possibly, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. and you know what hastened this, in my opinion, is the failure of Intel to provide Apple with the chips they needed. Mm-hmm. Apple's uh, that just made Apple think even harder about moving to their own chips. That's what they're doing on iOS. Mm-hmm. They're having great success with the chip development there. That A12X Bionic is amazing yeah um well also they're going to be buying up a lot of intel's ip in the modem area and mm-hmm. yeah because intel's getting out of the 5g exactly modems. so i i think what's what the the feedback we're getting at the moment is that apple settled with qualcomm mm-hmm. signed a five-year deal intel's getting out of the business apple buys intel's ip that gives them a five-year start to start developing their own kit so they can own the entire supply chain all the way down the line. Intel did say, interestingly, that their decision to get out of 5G did not predate the Qualcomm announcement. Once they heard the Qualcomm <laughs> right. announcement, they basically said, let's yeah. get out of this business. Well, I mean, this is the Intel's- Apple. Apple, we, I think we even heard this in a previous lawsuit. Apple actively forced Intel. They pressured Intel to do 5G right. modems because mm-hmm. they wanted to get out from under Qualcomm. Once that was settled, Intel said, all right, you fine, you take it. Mm. And uh, But I have to. I wonder what the future is about uh, Intel right now. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for Intel. They just, uh, they're a one-trick pony at the moment. Yeah, AMD's eating their lunch left and right. So they're yeah. getting eaten on the on the server side, on the desktop side. Strange they no longer have a mobile here. play. Well, of I, mean, yeah. I mean, they've still got 97% of the data center market. But they've said that, I mean, Brian Krasnitz, before he was forced out, yeah. um, already said, you know, well, you know, we'll be happy if we can keep, you know, 80%. What and are the critical, not, what are the critical features a of a data center? Well, what are the critical features of a data center? Low power, mm-hmm. yeah. distributed computing, the ability to run multiple threads on a single processor without Spectre and Meltdown, right? And right. Yeah. right. Uh, so that's security. Mm-hmm. ARM seems like it could make an offer. Linus Torvald said one of the problems with developing ARM software for Linux and ARM for Linux is that most of the time when you're running in the cloud, you're going to running on x86. Mm-hmm. So, but that's interesting. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you won't be. Maybe you will be running mm-hmm. on ARM in the cloud in the future. Maybe the whole future is ARM from Apple on down. ARM has a problem still scaling out. They can, they're, they're scaling up, but they can't scale out right now. Um, so multiple cores on the same like motherboard is still a problem right now. So they have to fix the interconnect problem before they can actually really run super efficiently in the data center. Are they working on that, you think? I'm guessing. I mean, keep in mind, also, AMD has an ARM license. So um, a variant could be coming from them of uh, like a low-power server. Yeah, I mean, um, actually, Intel's got the grunt. But that's really about it, and um, they've really sort of dropped the ball. I think they've had cobalt problems with the manufacturing process and getting down to seven nanometers, and everyone else is so far ahead of them now that mm-hmm. all they've got to rely on is the x eighty six market, which is it's a reliable you know money right. spinner. But they're and they're lose still share. spending a lot of money in the graphics business too, trying yeah. to see if they can. And their AI chip yeah. is a joke. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it's just. Um, but some of these chips are obscenely expensive. You know, when you're talking twenty grand for a single processor, that's yeah, 
I can't see that as a sustainable business model. It's just kind of like Apple and an iPhone pricing. Mm-hmm. I think this is overall going to be a good thing for Intel. It's mm-hmm. going to make them stop. Really? Yes, absolutely. Because I think they've spread themselves way too thin trying to do all these things. Well, I do remember the last time Intel was really challenged by AMD, they were able to come back. They went to the Israeli Stealth skunk turn. works yep. they had and said, exactly. what do you got, guys? Because x86 mm-hmm. is, you know, this... We Which just is, we got to keep x86 going. This titanium project ain't working so well. Yeah. Oh, the Ultron. Uh, yeah, Ultron was eating their lunch. Yeah. yeah. And so they were able to fortunately find an x86 architecture that worked for right. them. And they came back. Yeah, and they started. That's when TikTok really when yeah. they started really pushing hard on that. So they have responded we, well to that kind of yes, pressure. I think they do. The and they have enough cash to be able to say, let's scrap whatever we have. And start over, and they could still, I mean, not start over, of course, but they could still. Prob- they probably have. I'm you just could saying. make the argument, Gray Raven in our chat room is though that Intel makes the best possible buggy whips. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good analogy. I might steal that. <laughs> they yeah. are buggy. They are buggy. <laughs> and that maybe the age of the buggy whip is uh, is over. Yeah, except for a very small specialist market where you can charge twenty thousand dollars yeah. for a buggy whip. Yeah, I I have to think that ARM. If they can solve these issues, like the interconnect mm-hmm. issues, yeah. are mm-hmm. going to be able to uh, take to take over. Also, and and, and you got to admire Apple, who has it's not just ARM. They have an ARM architecture license, but they bought PA Risk. They have right. literally mm-hmm. thousands of chip designers working under that roof. They mm-hmm. want to make every chip that goes right. in there. They want to be yeah. vertically integrated. Yeah. that's their yeah. goal. It's always, always has been, been their goal. Yeah. yeah. So I it feels to, like the execution's a lot smoother under under Tim Cook, but this is a guy who, who made his chain guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. the guy who made his bones on supply chains and ensuring that the trains are. And then the elephant in the room is what's going to happen with the domestic Chinese market when it comes to developing their own silicon, <laughs> because with the, the ongoing trade war at the moment, they're really ramping up spending. In we need our own pro, we need to be yeah. processor independent. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to laugh. But remember that uh, Foxconn, which of course uh, is suffering yeah. a lot of tariffs. Uh, because of the trade war we're having with China. Mm-hmm. So they moved a number of their uh, factories to Mexico. Uh, yeah. And now, of course, trade war with Mexico. <laughs> yeah. And now, I don't know, you know, and what's all... interesting is none of these companies ever think about moving their factories to the U.S. Actually, Foxconn's supposed to go in Wisconsin. Remember? No, they're not. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not. Say, do you really you want to for that Wisconsin? too, huh? Have you yeah. seen the local reporter who's been going around sort of, you know, being banned from the Foxconn campus because he keeps on finding these empty offices with tape over the windows? Yeah. How much money did they get from Wisconsin? Like $60 billion? It was the equivalent to, I think, was- about half a million dollars per job yeah. under the original specs, but they've since cut down the number of jobs, so that's gone up some. Mm. I think it was yeah, it's- $6 billion? Yeah. yeah, and so. oh yeah, the reporter John DeZaza from The Verge. Yeah, that was some lovely reporting. He yeah. followed. He went around looking. <laughs> this is all he found in uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> was a model of a Foxconn plant. Last summer, Foxconn announced a barrage of new projects in Wisconsin. So we went looking for them. Uh, oh, yeah. Subsidy package of four point five billion. Yeah, I, and then I, they went I, to I say it was going to be. Yeah. LCD panels, and then mm-hmm. no, it, we can't do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, we will do LCD panels after a call yeah. from Trump. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. People say a lot of things. Though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I think this is. Yeah, but when we as taxpayers are paying for these, people, well, you know, this is the thing: is if, if you if if you're a, if you're a person who lives in Wisconsin, you should be incandescent with rage mm. over the fact that this is revenue that could have gone towards bolstering your school systems yep. or your roads or mm-hmm. mitigating the effects of more severe weather. And instead, what's happening is a multinational corporation based outside the U.S. is is reaping the benefits of your of yeah. your, your tax dollars. Yeah. It's uh, so 
But they have a new governor, so things could be changing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, women got elected to mm-hmm. state assembly. Yeah. Shout out to Jody Emerson. There, uh, there, there are tons of changes that could yeah. hopefully restructure this deal. So taxpayers aren't going to be out that whole sum. Yeah. But it's, it's, it kind of reminds me of the sort of the sort of Hunger Games thing that mm-hmm. Amazon paid for their, you know, for their headquarters, oh. and it was just like. Bend over and show us how far you will go before we will deign to come yeah. to your city. Yeah. Like, dance for us, monkeys. Dance for us, monkey boys. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just the richest company in the world and right. they're demanding the subsidies. It was, it was so clever of them to just collect all of this data on all of these cities because now they can take a look at secondary mm. and tertiary lines of business and they already know, hey, if we want to set up something that has to do with... Um, Industrial IoT. These are the cities that have the best talent bases and yeah. already have existing third-party vendors where we can poach their talent. If um, they, they're, they're currently planning on building out and hiring out in Kentucky, which is where FedEx is located, so you know there's going to be a big battle of talent there since mm. FedEx and UPS both have huge presences in Kentucky, and that's a hub for a lot of shipping. I mean, Amazon now has data on how many cities? Yeah. It's yeah. and they just give it up. It's I mean, of- Northern Virginia always made sense because that's where that's how you service your government clients. There's yeah. all the federal cloud contracts New York that come to an out extent, there. But yes, New York. Ma- well, New York made sense, and you know, then, then Amazon's like, well, if you don't want us, we'll just take our ball and go home. And mm. the truth is, it's not going to hurt them that much to leave the center no. of finance and fashion because there are other parts of the world where they can get the same the mm. same benefits and the mm. same access to talent. Yeah. But there are other cities throughout the U.S. that have access to really specialized line of work, whether it's agriculture. Uh, You know, for example, Illinois has Caterpillar. Their HQ is there. Mm. It's downstate from Chicago. But if but Amazon now has a lot of data on Chicago so they can go back and it's not just that they can use the data from other cities against the other data. Other cities are saying we're getting a better deal or they're it's like the bachelor. Yeah, exactly. I had my one-on-one date with Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they offered me access to academics. What can you offer? <laughs> yeah. So at WWDC, one of the bingo slots you should mm. reserve is yeah. the end of iTunes. Now, this is all rumor. We <laughs> don't it, know what Apple's going to iTunes was winning on Google Cloud, so that's why. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's already apparently yeah, over. Went out. Uh, Apple Do you remember when iTunes was good? No. You know, oh, no, when it first... As a podcaster, we were very grateful when I... T- I wasn't... No, no. I, yeah. but when when the, the, first, the first couple of iterations of the software, it went around the office. And, okay, downside, everyone could see what your music collection was. Mm-hmm. There was some pretty embarrassing outs on that one. Yeah. But it was actually a pretty good system. And then... They jiggled about with it. Feels like they just piled stuff onto the core. But they do this with a lot of their apps because their contacts app at this point, where you manage all of the people in your phone and, in theory, in your email address book. That's another thing where they just keep layering on cruft, and it's fundamentally unstable. And there are sync problems between all of your devices and or Mm. your accounts. So this rumor wouldn't this wouldn't happen until iOS or sorry Mac OS. 10.15 10.15 comes out, which is mm-hmm. probably in the fall, but we mm. don't. It maybe not. I mean, there, this is why a, I don't think it's going to be an announcement at the show because then they're not going. To, they're going to want to sort of ease us into this mm-hmm. and sort of gradually well, degradate it. Maybe they'll do the uh, <coughs> Mac OS update sooner because if they it depends when they ship a Mac Pro. Yeah. Presumably, they would do it with the shipping of a Mac Pro. Yeah, uh, they, they cleared the deck Pro for other morning? hardware with a MacBook Pro last week. The i <laughs> iPod Touch this week. <laughs> no. uh, 
So there, if there's going to be a hardware, the, the theory being, if there's going to be a hardware announcement, they want everybody to focus on it. And if it's yeah. anything, it's got to be a Mac Pro. I guess it could be an iMac Pro, but it's got to be a Mac Pro. They promised that two years ago. You sure it's not just an updated cube? That would be depressing. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, with Intel missing their targets, mm-hmm. will the Mac Pro interest it? Mm. Mac Pro traditionally runs Xeons. Yep. Uh, there's no. Is there a seven nanometer Xeon? No, there's no. Nope, not yet. Not even a ten nanometer yeah. Xeon. Yeah. Uh, but it's got a lot of cores. It's really a different beast for not for you and me, but right. for people who are, want many, many threads mm. for video rendering or yeah. 3D design. It's a things machine. like that. Yeah. It's a professional machine. They have said all along it will be modular, which that was the problem with the last Mac Pro. By the way, the last Mac Pro was announced in 2013. Oh, good 2013. Grave. They've been selling it to this day. You could still buy it. I don't know why you would. A whole different world. Uh, so, but there, you know, it may be too little, too late for the right. pro community. They may have all moved to this, you know, mm-hmm. Dell Precision Workstations. That's what we did mm. uh, for our video editors some years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think if we see it, if, if Apple doesn't say something about a new Mac Pro tomorrow, mm-hmm. maybe not that it's shipping next month. But if they don't say something, I think. That's the kiss of death for pros. And maybe you're right, Wesley, when you said Apple's moving to the iPad. They don't care. And also, uh, AMD already has their graphics business. Would would it be a shocker if they saw that Intel was slipping and then they moved to uh, the Ryzen processor? Ryzen and Radeon. Because they've never done NVIDIA. They like Radeons. Yeah. Uh, That would be interesting. That would be a shocker. Yeah, I'm putting it out there first, so if in case it happens, (laughs) you heard it from me. But you know that Wesley Buck really (laughs) knew what was going to go on. Uh, so, so that the only reason I bring that up is if they're gonna get rid of iTunes, if it's not, if they're not releasing a new Mac mm. and a new Mac OS no. to go with it in the next couple of months, you're right. They're not going to say anything about iTunes yet. Mm. Mm. But though so, I think it is something they're gradually going to start sort of squeezing out and shutting down. So the, the rumors, and there are a lot of them, including Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, who's usually very accurate, very are that they're going to make three new apps, music, video, podcasts. Some said that they were going to take iTunes and put it in a folder. <laughs> but Because you can't get rid of iTunes without completely replacing its functionality. People mm-hmm. use it right now to back up their iOS yeah. devices. What are you going to do if you can't do that? Maybe music is just a rebranded iTunes. Oh, you know what I really miss on iTunes is I miss the ability to go and rearrange all of my apps on my mobile devices. And I don't... You can't do that in iTunes anymore? No. You can drag and drop things on your phone or on your iPad. At least but, it now remembers the arrangement when you yeah. move to a new phone. It used to be you had to redo it each time, right? That was a real yeah, pain in the butt. But I still I liked have I liked being able to open up things on my computer screen. I and have to say, organize them. Thusly. I am so done with Apple. I am just. Yeah. I feel like I'm overcharged, mm-hmm. underserved. Uh, I think Mac OS is great for developers and designers and pros. But you put Linux on a good PC, and you certainly have many choices of PCs these days. You're going to get much yeah. of that same functionality. Maybe not for the designers and the videographers and the photographers. I don't know what they do. What I guess they use Adobe on Windows. Eco- what about a mobile first ecosystem, though? Where do you think? Well, Apple that's what is Wesley's saying to- with yeah. iOS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I have to say, Lightroom on iPad yeah. Pro is kind of a nice mm-hmm. combination if you have Lightroom on a desktop, right. and yeah. you have that USB-C port also. So. Yeah. It's really awesome. I mean, I come at this from a little bit more of an enterprise perspective since that's our core audience. But when I'm taking a look at the products and the markets that big guys like Microsoft and IBM and Google Cloud, Google (laughs) Cloud and (laughs) and the rest and and collaboration companies, they're all aiming for what they call first line workers. Now, these are people who are not traditional desk workers. They may be people who either 
are in industries like construction where they're on site or they may be retail workers or they're healthcare workers. And almost all of these companies to a person are pushing a model of computing that is mobile first, where a tablet is your primary is your primary computing interface. And so, you know, we're sitting here talking about the Mac, the, the Mac Pro, and it's kind of surreal to me because I'm like, that's that's almost a completely mm. different direction than it seems like the maybe, money and the attention. There's, there's and if anybody knows that better, yeah. is Apple knows it better than anybody. They're the ones who sell it. They know the numbers. Well, this is the weird thing is, is you know, because I remember the first one went to an Apple store and they did everything over an iPad. I'm like, oh, it's the future. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was this amazing hardware that had an antiquated operating system, iOS. So maybe yeah. if iOS 13 will be more... But, and, but you know, the, I, I really do feel like we may be moving to, as jobs get much more siloed mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, we may be moving to a model where mobile computing works for significant percentages of a population, both on a personal and a vocational level. And the number of people who really need a desktop to do their job, that will stay steady or it will decline over time. I think that works only as long as people are still working at desks because yeah. the big failure of the tablet form what? factor yeah. is well no i've tried various different tablets i've you yeah. know you can't I've got, do it in your life i've got a, yeah you can't do it on the train yeah, yeah. you know it's you you've got mm. it you've got to, unless your fingers are up down there yeah. and people look it, it, it's, it's a very bad look you but. actually you know what's <laughs> yeah. really, really funny is the muscle memory because i do take ipads to press conferences now and mm. i've got like an ipad keyboard it's a lot easier for me yeah to do it that way and then when i move from an ipad keyboard back to a regular one i, I always have like a few minutes of, of really disturbing typos there's still that but I've also seen reporters who now just have a pencil and an iPad Pro. Like they've got the digital pencil and an iPad Pro. And write your stories from now on. They do no, Leo. They they handwrite the notes and then they press a button and it's typed up. That's it's the future. But then you've got to go through and edit it again. You know, know. it's kind mm-hmm. of like it, it's it's one of those things that that sounds it's great. It's Like the but, front page. Give me copy. Oh my god! But I'm, you, know, <laughs> you read the story. I'm over telling the- you, we have a lot of companies that are now pushing people towards a mobile first uh, mm. computing model, and the question is whether or not it's going to hold. I'll tell you who's not going to go mobile is developers mm-hmm. who really need a keyboard to sit down. Oh, and yeah. honestly, you can't develop for all these great new apps for iOS unless you have a Macintosh yeah. that you could sit down at. If if nothing else, if, mm-hmm. if Apple even says, "All right, photographers, bye bye. All right, editor, video editors, bye bye," they're if they've got to have people writing software for iOS. Yeah. Maybe the thing to watch for tomorrow is an announcement that Xcode, their developing environment, moves to iOS. That would be that would be, be huge. That's the day, right? When yeah. that happens, but yeah. is the experience going to be? I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that's a risky move because. Uh, like you said, that the hardware hasn't been there for so long, and if you mm-hmm. pair that with a subpar software experience with with something that just doesn't seem to quite get to where your old hardware you already have is not there, is is that because we're old timers though? Because yeah. uh, I agree with you. I I feel like I want to I want a keyboard. I want a nice keyboard. Apple's not doing that. Right. I want a nice screen. I want a big screen. Maybe I want multiple screens right. for development. You need big screens. Uh. But I also see, and, and whenever I use an iPad, I bet you feel the same way. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of compromising. I like have to work extra hard to make it work okay. It's, you're forcing yourself into that paradigm that's not natural for but that. But then I talk factor. to young people who say, oh, no, it's fine. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, you're also talking about programming. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't know those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, Google Plus. He's still, still up. up. <laughs> <laughs> there's your there's your show title. Google Plus is still up. It is, uh, and Google Cloud Search. Everything else yeah. is not looking good as we look at the the map of issues. And Google has yet, uh, as far as I can no tell, update. Have they said anything? Oh, no. I'm waiting for 
they they promised us we'd know something, and uh, it's just a bunch of red. This is really bad. Mm-hmm. It's also spreading through Europe now. It's not it's not getting better. It's getting worse. It, it actually looks like it might. Uh, down detector is having less complaints. It looks like it might have already spiked. Ooh. Or nobody can get online to complain. Oh, that's I would think if they have found some sort of mitigation and they're trying to remedy it, they would have posted an update. Yeah. They, if they had something somewhat positive, they would have said so it. So strange. So strange. Oh, yeah, yeah that, um, that does look... Yeah. Back to WWDC. We may not mm-hmm. be talking about WWDC at all tomorrow. <laughs> <We're talking> about- <laughs> One thing we haven't talked about is um, the watch OS. All right, let's take a yeah. break and come back and talk about watch OS. Mm-hmm. You're wearing an Apple Watch? No, no, no. Not. You're wearing an Apple I Watch? Wear okay, yeah. I'm watching a ga- Samsung watch. You have watch a naked wrists. Yes. yes. Time I'm is a theoretical construct for Ian. Ah, <laughs> it's just like... As long as I've got a vague idea what's going on, I don't really want to be told, oh, it's 10 to the hour, you know, it's uh, time to go up and, yeah. Here is uh, Google's uh, statement. Uh, Thank you to Mike B. in our chat room. Uh, Our engineering teams have completed the first phase of their mitigation work. Mitigation (laughs) of what they haven't said. And we are, are currently implementing the second phase, after which we expect to return to regular service. Right. Uh, Okay. Well, here you go. Um, what all the first phase was, just going, we're we'll all let, doomed. And yeah. now it says, we'll let you know by 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, they aren't saying at all what's going on. That's really This is really good news for Australians, though, because they're going to come into the office on Monday morning, not be able to do any work, and write, right, okay, break mm-hmm. up with the tinnies and let's go out. And, you know, so well, we invite they've them. had this problem before when they pushed configuration changes that, mm-hmm. were, yeah. that, that screwed things up. Yeah. So it's probably not an external attack. It's probably an internal goof okay. Let's hope that's the case. I could tell you one thing they're doing right now, Google and all over the world, firing up Thousand Eyes to see what the hell is going on. (laughs) Thousand Eyes is the way to see what's going on in the cloud. Everybody wants to move to the cloud, and then these things happen, and you're going, geez, what are we going to do? And the problem, I think any, any cloud engineer will tell you, you can know everything there is to know about your infrastructure, the stuff on-premises, the stuff you own. But the minute you go out to that puffy little thing, that's why it's a puffy cloud on all the diagrams. It's a black box. You know, your data goes in, it doesn't come out. What's going on? You don't know. And that can mean you lose control of your cloud app or your service. Your customers are hollering at you. You're scrambling to find the root cause. You're losing revenue. Employee productivity is going down. Your brand may even be damaged. What if you could see into that cloud? What if like a squeegee cleaning a dirty window, you could suddenly see the entire service delivery path from the cloud right to your end user, including all the stuff you don't own, you don't control, down to the local coffee shop? That's Thousand Eyes. An amazing story. Thousand Eyes was created at UCLA uh, and immediately received funding because these guys had something that no one else could do. They put sensors everywhere on the internet more than a thousand eyes they should really call themselves million eyes a massive array of vantage points on spanning the global internet cloud providers local wi-fi this isn't old school it monitoring which is passive and siloed this is unique you get a path visualization technology that extends beyond any boundaries suddenly you can see 
you can understand and you can fix the experience for all your apps, all your services and websites. If you don't have Thousand Eyes, today is exactly why you need Thousand Eyes. Regain control and ensure the best possible digital experience for you, your customers, your employees. Make sure you're in the right cloud. Thousand Eyes has some great white papers on clouds and how they work and how multi-home clouds can be a good thing or a bad thing how you can connect to the right SaaS instance, and how you can see issues before they impact your customers' employees. Top banks, enterprises, SaaS companies, the world's largest and fastest-growing brands rely on Thousand Eyes to do the cloud and do it right. You should, too. ThousandEyes.com slash twit. See what you've been missing. You'll get the exclusive ebook. Actually, this is a good one for the boss. Five cloud migration challenges you shouldn't ignore. Help the boss understand, because everybody wants to move to the cloud. But you've got to understand what you're getting into, and this will make it all clear. And then say to the boss, and by the way, boss, we need Thousand Eyes. Go to thousandeyes.com slash twit. Get that book. Find out more. Thousandeyes.com slash twit. Thousand Eyes thrive in a connected world. We thank them so much for supporting This Week in Tech. We thank you for using that special uh, address because that helps us when you go to thousandeyes.com slash twit. Watch. Why are you so excited about the watch, Wesley? Why? What is exciting about the watch? Um, the health? Healthcare. Health. Um, mm-hmm. They're severing it from needing to have an iPhone, which means that oh. they can give it to more oh, people I didn't know uh, that. in the oxygenarian category mm-hmm. so that they don't have to, they can just send them watches. So mm-hmm. I'm wearing, <laughs> I didn't bring my phone, but I'm wearing a <laughs> Galaxy S3 Frontier watch. <laughs> Which does go on the internet, goes on the Wi-Fi, but its utility is definitely cut because mm-hmm. it needs a phone to do the work. Mm-hmm. And the Apple Watch is even more so, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could stand up, but other than that... <laughs> this has always been the big weakness for me in, in smartwatches is that you've got to well, have a phone. not that smart. Yeah, be well, you've got to have a phone with yeah. you, in which case, mm-hmm. just use the Your phone. phone. Right. Yeah. Um, they're sidecars. They're not motorcycles. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, plus, <clears throat> okay, Apple did make a very pretty one, but the early Android, I tried mm-hmm. out the early Android ones and... My wife nicknamed one the woman repeller. I mean, it was just a huge <laughs> LG block on your wrist, mm-hmm. and it was oh, terrible looking things. Yeah. But on the healthcare thing, yeah. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be selling them in bulk now, mm. shipping them out to, to yeah. people. I mean, I will say I swim, so this the watch is handy for swimming in a way that the phone is not. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, so, you can't bring the phone in the water. No, you can't. Mm. Um, yeah. you, and uh, for things like kayaking, things like that. Um, any anything where water is involved, <laughs> which admittedly may, is not a majority of people who use it for health related things. Um, I'm actually really interested with the doses app that they are rumored to be coming out with. That reminds you when to take your medication, because mm. again, like you said, that hits, good, that yeah. hits that hits a market where as they can put it on their wrist and then bzz, it's time to take your afternoon pills. Bzz, time to take your PM pills. I hope it tells you where your pills are. Also. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so there's things like that, but yeah, I mean, I, I I love my Apple Watch, but I will agree that a major weakness in the user experience is that it has to be coupled to a phone at all times. There are rumored to be three new uh, apps mm-hmm. coming with Watch OS six. Again, we'll hear about yeah. this. Presumably, we'll hear about this uh, tomorrow. You mentioned one dose, mm-hmm. uh, which will. Uh, and by the way, if you have uh, an, an iPhone now, it'll download automatically to your watch. You'll get it. There's also Cycles, which is a, a menstrual tracking app. Um. By the way, Fitbit and Garmin already do that. Mm. Yeah, um, and the store, and then there'll be a store where you. That's going to be the key, isn't it? Yeah, uh, separating the watch from the phone. If you can app, app download and install mm-hmm. apps from the watch directly, absolutely, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. 
calculator, voice memos, and mm-hmm. books. You'll be able right. to buy books and listen to them on the watch. That's actually kind of cool. Right now, I have to copy it. It's kind of laborious. Copy my audio books or music over to the watch. Mm-hmm. Then it'll play, but I have to make sure I do that before I leave home. Yeah. That's a, You know, Apple should double down on the watch. The watch is arguably a big part of any services it's going to offer. It's a big... It, they apparently make a lot of money on the watch. It's right. the best-selling mm-hmm. uh, watch. Not just smartwatch, but selling watch mm-hmm. out there. And with its own store, it might actually... Also, another source of revenue in terms of advertising. As we get to the point as the technology advances, it'll become coming back to what we were saying about kids and the iPod Touch. They could just wear a watch. Just give them a watch. You know, you can't get. Well, you could get pornography yeah. on a watch, I guess, but you're not going to. You can lock it down. Yeah, it's really hard. What's the downside to something like that? The thing is, and and again, this. I feel like I have to keep caveat that I love my watch, but what I'm really uneasy about is I don't know what data. It's recording well, regarding me or <laughs> what gets sent back to Apple or how that. Re- Remember Apple mm-hmm. uh, at CES this year bought a big. Right. What yeah. happens on the iPhone stays on the iPhone. On yeah. the Marriott Hotel, ironically. <laughs> you notice they didn't put the subtext unless you're in China, in which case yeah. you're screwed. <laughs> or unless you install any apps. Yep. Washington yeah. Post this week. It's the middle of the night. Do you know who your iPhone is talking to? Our privacy experiment showed 5,400 hidden app trackers guzzling our data in a single week. A lot of it in the middle of the night. This is Jeffrey Fowler writing. Uh, Lots of apps. Some of the apps, you know, obviously if you have uh, OneDrive, it's got to phone the home office. Mm -hmm. Intuit's Mint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spotify. Okay. Even the Washington Post's own app. Mm -hmm. IBM's Weather Channel app. One app, which is has always been a little skeezy, if you ask me, Citizen. Citizen was the app that's supposed to scare you about know, living in I San Francisco. I know someone who's just actually pulled that off. It'll terrify you because it tells oh, yeah. you all of the police action near you. I know. Mm-hmm. He, he, it, was a, it was a pain to work with a chap because he's just like, every, 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 every 10 minutes or so, it's just like, oh, no, someone's been stabbed on here was, on, on Mission and Seventh. It was it's clearly like, designed. Yeah, because it's Mission and Seventh. <laughs> to terrify you. Uh, but apparently Citizen shared personally identifiable information in violation of its own published privacy policy. Do we honestly really trust app developers to uh, adhere no. to a privacy policy? No. And what's amusing is this week Google actually um, had a blog post where they were like, oh, by the way, from now on, we are making any browser plugins tell you what data they're collecting and what they're using it for mm. and give you, Thank you. And they were trying very hard. And, and, and they're trying to put it it's forth. It's about with, time. We care about, we, we, are making your th- we are making our third-party developers care about your data. But it, again, it seems like a little bit of a runaround where Google can say, we're not really the problem here. Right. The problem is the third-party yeah. developers. And again, Apple has the same cover of plausibility where Tim Cook can talk about how privacy is, is a fundamental human right and a value. But look at what's being sold, in, look what's being offered in the Apple Store, and look at the complete lack of enforcement. Because I, I uh, talked to Phil Zimmerman, to the creator of PGP, mm. and he yeah. said, "I will never carry an Android phone. I always carry an iPhone." But he said, mm. "Very important: don't install any apps on it, because while you might be able to trust Apple, mm-hmm. you can't trust anyone else. You can't trust anybody else. Yeah. And we know Facebook. We know all these yeah. companies. The their total goals to get on your phone because mm-hmm. then they have information about you, your location, yeah. what you do. They can sell to other people." No, I mean, it, it, I don't mind. I, I accept that when it comes to basic privacy, Apple is better than Android in some regards. But I just hate the, the this marketing campaign of we're all about privacy, we're about your data being, and it's complete rubbish. 
Right. You know, it's like we any normal user, you're not, yeah. you're, you're no, in no way more secure. And if you're in, yeah. in the yeah. Far East, then you're less secure. Why does yeah. it take a reporter to find this out? How come Apple is not doing the same testing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, Apple, I would guess Apple knows. Yeah. Mm. But it's just not them, it's somebody not else. To, it's plausible, de- it. it's well, plausible yeah. deniability. Oh, it's not us. It's, it's, it's the same thing with Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. They knew about that for two and a half years. But, but to on. be fair, Apple, in fact, somebody called me on the radio show asking about this. Mm-hmm. Apple does allow you to go into the settings and say, don't let this contact mm-hmm. its home office. Be, yeah. uh, for a lot of these apps, they'd be useless if you can't, if OneDrive yeah. can't see what's on your cloud or right. mm-hmm. Spotify yeah. can't download music, you're not going to be using it. Yeah. And wasn't there a story uh, a few weeks ago about how there's some things you just can't see because it's locked down. Um, the iPhone itself. The iPhone, yeah, well, that was one of the stories was, uh, and this ha- this went back to the Israeli firm that was right uh, responsible for putting... Uh, Snap. Uh, mm-hmm. not, no, what's, what's it? WhatsApp. Uh, yeah. It, they, they, were, they allow people to hack WhatsApp with a phone call, not even a mm-hmm. picture yeah. phone call, a phone yeah. call with a WhatsApp oh, yeah. on the iPhone. And so, A, that's problem number one, is that you may have a perfectly secure iPhone. You put WhatsApp on it, suddenly it's it can be owned easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, and I, then the mm-hmm. the problem came up. A lot of security researchers pointed out because of Apple's restrictions, the way it's locked down, we can't tell if an, it's actually almost yeah. impossible to tell if an iPhone has been compromised because yeah. right. no, you I, can't get into it. I mm-hmm. got in trouble at work for refusing to install WhatsApp and put it on my phone because somebody wanted to. The boss wanted to WhatsApp you. Yeah. yeah. And I said, I'm sorry, I, just, I don't put that on my, no. my, per, I was like, I don't put it on my personal device and. You, Good for you. And you can reach me via SMS. Mm-hmm. But the people in the room looked at me like I had two heads and I was like, it's a security threat. Why would I knowingly install a security threat for someone else's comfort and convenience? Yeah. Our office millennial was trying to get me into Snapchat and so I downloaded it and looked at the, what the kind of permissions it was looking for. Was, I don't really care that much but about dog face filters. You see how you'd no. look as a woman. <laughs> don't you want to see as you look as a woman honestly i probably wouldn't be very pretty so i can no, live without makeup that. on you it, the funny thing with that snapchat filters we're all beautiful yeah. oh mm-hmm. yeah. yeah talking about privacy i don't know if we're done with the story but if we go we're into never done with this story <laughs> oh, about but it dovetails dovetails into what's also on the rundown about amazon echo being able to say oh, delete yes. That's uh, something no, new that rolled out today. The yeah. ability but, to say delete today's recordings or last week's or last week's. Yeah. What, what, what Lisa was saying about plausible deniability is the same thing in a different way that Amazon's doing where they're putting all the onus on the user. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You have to continue remember to say yeah. remove this data or don't opt into this data yeah. or do this research into each app mm-hmm. that they say that they that's why their system is the best is because they care they check every I app. have a theory on this I think this mm-hmm. is in the in the uh, wake of GDPR and privacy regulations in California mm-hmm. and elsewhere mm-hmm. this yeah. is what you're going to see is all these companies say mm-hmm. oh yeah we completely agree that's why we've given the user the choice right. yeah. Yeah. and they know because they know from their own experience that the Most def- users tyranny of the default users yeah. are just going to use whatever the default is yeah. so they, mm-hmm. they actually have it both ways they, mm-hmm. they look like they're giving you lots of choice they're giving mm-hmm. you lots of control of privacy Apple does that in fact it even says you know this uh, program has been using your location in the background you want to let it continue mm-hmm. and most people say well maybe in that case they'll say no but I think in most cases people just say fine right. yeah and these companies know this. Google knows this. Facebook knows this. Well, yeah. no, they actually designed their... Uh, well, a, couple it, of, a couple of companies have been fined in Europe for this, for so-called dark patterns. You design yeah. your website mm-hmm. to push the user into certain paths of, of doing things and certain default settings. 
and this is actually illegal under some sections good. of European yeah. law. Although, do they even know if it's a dark pattern? Because that's well, a no, good I mean, dark pattern. You don't even know. So, right? Well, true, yeah. So but, I think we're going to see this become a, an emerging story because, like you said, the Californ- the uh, CCPA goes into effect next year. and California privacy. Yeah, the California very, Consumer Privacy. It's the strongest law in the United States. Well, here's the thing. Because California, uh, now consumers have will have the right to corporate disclosure of how their, pers- how their personal data is being collected and used. So they have the right to disclosure, but it doesn't specify how it's disclosed. They'll have the... Um, Consumers will have the right to access the personal data that has been collected by companies. They'll have the right to request that the personal data be deleted. They'll have the right to know how companies have been sharing their personal data. But the scope of the law is actually kind of limited because the company has to earn more than $25 million a year in revenue. For and it. there's, hmm. incidentally, no punishment. It has to make <laughs> – and this, 20, this company, company that makes more than $25 million a year in revenue has to – has to make at least 50% of its revenue from selling personal computed yeah. data. So these if you're a company all, like were, Amazon or Microsoft or Apple, it's probably not going to affect you because you can say plausibly it's a very tiny revenue stream. These were all lighter amendments made to yeah. what was a very strong privacy law. And then these companies yeah. came in and said, well, let's change that. Let's change exactly. that. And most importantly, and let's okay. eliminate any punishment. Yeah. And then go ahead, pass your law. Right. And yeah. that's the dark pattern. Yeah. Mm. That's what you're going to see time and time again is yeah. these companies paying lip service to privacy. Yeah. yeah. While in fact, mm-hmm. people aren't going to have the choices or they're not going to, you know, they're going to be pushed in the wrong direction. And, well, and like you pointed out, Wesley, once again, it's going to be the onus is going to be on, on the, people to, to have figure to out how to do this. Basic rights. Find, as opposed find to the hidden email that they have to find and yeah. send mm-hmm. and request the data. And just out of curiosity, I'm not, I'm not familiar with this law. Uh-huh. Does this include government sources of personal data? Oh, that's so interesting. Like, so yeah. like that, like uh, red light cameras or any other information that they scoop up on you? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, rem- I would I love to see what the, the local government has on me. Like, yeah. so every time a toll tag is hit, all that stuff. Because yeah. that's all personal. Yeah. I think the the other issue is that while many many companies are collecting data on you, it yeah. has been up to now siloed. Yeah. But increasingly, it's being s- distributed, sold. Mm-hmm. It's going to data brokers who are then yeah. selling it on yeah. other parties. Amalgamating it. And really. as it gets added together, they right. build a yeah. ultimately perfect picture right. of your behavior. It's like the mortgage scandal where they dice up all these yeah, exactly. mortgages and, and like CDOs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, does, it does kind of dep- – um, it, it's kind of depressing that the best minds in the computer in computer science these days aren't working on the big problems. They're working out how to sell us cheap tap. They're working on the big problem, how to make more money. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the big problem. Why would they not work on that? <laughs> you know the adage. You know you 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 improve what you measure. Right. And there's not a really oh, good, that's so good index to make sure that. Um, we haven't made a we, privacy index exactly. measurable, yeah. quantifiable. Yeah. And make it public and make it so yeah. that everyone is focused on that. Yeah, that's a really good plan. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, this, I think the EFF does try <clears throat> to do that, but yeah. if you've got I, I one think organization... It's uphill. If, consumers, yeah, exactly. if consumers don't care, it's uphill. Yeah. yeah. I won't mention his name, but someone at the EFF told me they've actually got on a whiteboard in the office... Mm-hmm. Number of days since Facebook's last privacy failure. <laughs> it's like, it's constantly having to be. <laughs> so I'm reassured everything's going to be fine because apparently the FTC and the FCC and the Department of Justice have divided up the tech world and they, they have said who they're going after. Latest is Department of Justice 
is now picking up the dropped FTC investigation of Google. They dropped it in 2013. Mm -hmm. They're going to start. Meanwhile, the FTC has been given Amazon uh, to to look into. And so they've they've kind of divided the world up like Spain and Portugal (laughs) divided the world up. Yeah, they're going after these individual companies. But we also saw the FCC issued approval this week for the Sprint uh, T-Mobile merger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then the DOJ said said no. no. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, if there's one thing the U.S. needs, it's more competition. I think think there's government dark patterns. I think this is an example of a government dark pattern where they're saying, oh, don't worry. The DOJ is going to handle that. Right. The FTC is going to handle that. We got it under control. The FTC established to that. a special to that. task force mm-hmm. to monitor tech and competition. There's a special task force. One of the challenges I think you're going to find in a lot of the federal government is exactly how tech literate or tech fluent they're going to be. Oh. Right. Yeah. Well, and I then, think I and think that's you have... your starting point right there. Is because if you've got although there's a revolving door at a political appointee level, if you're talking institutional knowledge, exactly this, what incentive has there been for employees to know about this? This also stuff sounds like a classic administration move yeah. where they could separate this out and for running for the 2020 saying, mm-hmm. we have, we're, under the, we're doing, we're taking, yeah. and then yeah. at the same time, talk to businesses and say, hey, don't worry, don't worry. about it. That, yeah. that they're able to have have it both ways by separating it out like this. That's yeah. exactly right. In fact, in the face of California's privacy, uh, Bill, I think it was Marco Rubio who said, no, 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 there shouldn't be state privacy because there'd be 50 different rules. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of this. We're going to make a federal privacy law. <laughs> and then that was that. Yeah. Mm. It was very interesting. Though. <laughs> but it's, that was it's private. You can't see it. <laughs> yeah. see, it was very interesting. After the Cambridge Analytica scandal broke, a lot of tech companies shifted their position. For years, they've been, we should not have a national privacy law. This should mm-hmm. be down to the states. And once they realized the scale of the mistakes that have been made, mm. it was kind of like, okay, let's get a national law. We need Google to is that. the largest lobbying spender in the, uh, out of the entire tech sector. They're just like, okay, we need a federal law. We've got the lobbyists. We can get exactly yeah. what we want. And as you say, we'll push it all onto the user mm-hmm. and yeah. job done. If yeah. you're a tech company, do you want to be out in front identifying the problem and writing the, legislator that, writing the legislation that you give to your pet lawmakers to pass? Mm. Or do you want to be on the receiving end of legislation that your competition helped craft? Here's the, yeah. uh, this will tell you, this is the press release from Marco Rubio's office. Yeah. Rubio introduces privacy to build to protect consumers while promoting innovation. Oh God, the buzzwords. That's the key. Uh-huh. Yeah. Promoting innovation. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that you don't have to worry that the uh, yeah. federal privacy bill, the American Data Dissemination Act. You see, this is which what sounds, by the way, <laughs> like it has something to do with contraception. Doesn't it? I mean, am uh, well, I no, wrong? It's coming from a Repub- Republican. So American Dissemination yeah. Act. That actually sounds like if it's data dissemination, it sounds right. like you're rounding take rounding this things up. Out, out of it, disseminating from big donors. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, you know, to, get back, to get back to Ian's point I believe, says Rubio, any efforts to address consumer privacy must also balance the need to protect the innovative capabilities of the digital economy oh, that have enabled grief. new entrants in small business. You know, I can't well, disagree with him. If it's anything, if it's any but entity it's, in this country that's been poorly served, it's corporate America. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, it's so full of weasel White words and, and dodge. Corporate America. It's so full of, of, of sort of weasel words and dodge outs that yes. it could mean anything. We need to look at the legislation itself, yeah. and instead, we're getting press releases 
is about, trust us, it'll be great. I, yeah. I just no. I sort of feel like if you want to see where a company is going to go business wide wise, take a look at what they're advocating for now when it comes to national policy. Mm. Um, for example, I feel like it's kind of noteworthy that Microsoft has been leading the charge on a lot of things like data privacy mm. and facial recognition. Because my question, my question, my question is: Well, if they're advocating for these really specific standards that do these really specific things, what's the downline? Yeah. And yeah. so that's what you should be asking anytime. If Tim Cook is like, oh, privacy is our premium, um, but what's the downline? What's, let me what's ask the sales you this, pitch? because mm-hmm. Senator Warren and a number of other presidential candidates mm-hmm. for 2020 have said we should break up Amazon, Facebook, Google. Do, is that a solution? seems to me that's no. draconian mm-hmm. in the other direction. It's the same with Huawei. Um, naming companies mm-hmm. and then saying we're going to go after them does not fix any future no. problems. You have to figure out what the problem is. Mm-hmm. It's not those companies. It's the that's that's maybe an example in whoever's eyes that that's where the problem is. But outline what the problem is yeah. and come up with a solution for the problem. Mm-hmm. Because let's say you kill all these big companies or you kill Huawei, how are you going to tackle the next problem mm-hmm. without having some sort of way mm-hmm. of describing what the problem actually is? Would breaking up Amazon solve anything when it comes to either facial recognition technology use or data brokering? Or would you just have a smaller subset of Amazon that's now devoted to selling facial recognition technology? I don't know. Part of me would like to see Facebook, the sort of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp thing broken up into separate companies because it's kind of getting like AT&T. But at the same time, I don't see a real benefit for it Yeah, but AT&T came back together. Yeah, I know. And also, what's the benefit for the marketplace if you break up Facebook? Like what, what... who 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 is being hurt by the competition? Well, I, mean, it's not I would make not- an argument that breaking up Google isn't such a bad thing. I, mm-hmm. I, it bothered me when Google got into the content business. When mm-hmm. Google was a search, it seems to me a search engine should be a search engine. Yeah, sell mm-hmm. advertising, that's fine. But when you acquire YouTube, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not, maybe they are, but there's always been the accusation favoring YouTube content and search. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. And mm. so, and there's no reason Google needs to own YouTube. There's no, there's no yeah. synergy there except an advertising and a privacy invasion synergy. So if they got rid of YouTube, if they uh, got rid of, I mean, maybe the moonshots you have to keep because who's going to fund that if you don't have deep pockets? You're not going to, Waymo's not going to make any money for years, mm-hmm. verily. Not going to make money for years. Um, Project Loon, <laughs> Looney. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think there are things you could do. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see regulators say YouTube. But, but what, is the, what is the thing that you're fixing? Yeah. You're fixing. Here's the thing you're fixing. You're fixing search for one thing because when search is compromised, in fact, even Larry Page said this when they mm-hmm. first wrote the first papers about PageRank. They mm-hmm. said we should never take advertising because no matter what, if you do, it's going to taint your search results. So shouldn't there be, instead of break up or separate, shouldn't it be like, you you cannot do this with search or X or yeah. favor, well that's another way or of, just like find a way to define that fully exactly what is wrong mm-hmm. instead of just targeting them because it doesn't fix when Twitch and Amazon become the next behemoth in terms of content and search it's the combination of multiple entities and the synergy and this is why they bought YouTube for right. three point two mm-hmm. billion dollars the synergy of all these videos, we know what you like, tying mm-hmm. into Google and Google search and Google advertising. That's, that's to me, that's the incentive for surveillance. So if you just mm-hmm. sever, if you the, sever pool, the pool of information on one person, doesn't that fix the problem? Yes, that's another, maybe that's another approach. Yeah. That's a more sensible approach. 
It's awfully hard to do that since all of that information is flowing inside a company. Mm-hmm. But if you say that now, it's the same well, as when they separate them into two different companies. That's true. They could still sec- circulate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think that it would be more sensible to f- pursue privacy protections than it is pursue break. And of course, that'll mm-hmm. be up yeah. to the user to figure out. I think if you, I think if you, well, I think actually if you were to pass legislation that forced companies to assign a dollar value to data, yeah. like you said, mm-hmm. measurable things get results. And yeah. companies do assign dollar values to specific users when they repackage your data and move it on. If you force yeah. that information to be public for publicly traded companies, I think that that kind of transparency gives is, lawmakers something to hold on to and true. start moving forward. I think this I is what people were got people really moving on GDPR was because mm-hmm. it was just like, okay. It's another privacy, another privacy law. But then, when she looks, hang on, they can take four percent of our revenues. Yeah, we can't even use Hollywood accounting to just do it on profits mm-hmm. and pay nothing. That is a yeah. real stick. Yeah. That is that a hell was, of a yeah. fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's where they got five billion out of out of. Uh, it was just Google. France that went after Google, right? Uh, yeah, they, I yeah. think they have. That's a new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're also going after Apple for planned obsolescence, and they mm-hmm. may well be going after Google for that because yeah. I just worry with all this stuff. Uh, doesn't mm-hmm. that? <laughs> At this point, at some point, what does the company just go, oh, screw it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. I can't. I have, at my workplace, I'm required to take a privacy rights um, oh, good. online course every year. Oh, good. Um, this is Petri? Who is this? No, I work for Informa. Informa. Like my, my, my right. publication is owned by Informa, which is right. a really big research and industry events and publishing mm. on. And we have to take it. And because, it's funny because I'm not really worried about Informa <laughs> stealing my information. <laughs> they sell a lot of it, though. Oh, do they? And the thing is, um, because part of my job involves writing, producing, editing, and sending out email newsletters, I have to be oh, yeah. conversant in what the You've privacy- mailing lists. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. mailing lists. And since I'm, I'm not responsible for administering those mailing lists, but because I do use them, I have to know. And in the privacy training I have to go through every year, they're very, very careful to say, you can't send out this kind of email in Germany because of Germany's privacy laws. You can't send out yeah. this kind of email mm-hmm. in Australia's laws. And so we do have a case where, globally speaking, different people have different experiences based on their country's uh, conception of what online privacy is. Well, or didn't Chicago Tribune for. actually shut down all European traffic? It was just it like, yes. yeah. Yes. They cut them off. Yeah. yeah. That's the other, that's the oh, screw it option. But yeah. you know, yeah. I, I guess we, the we question is... Londoners and Parisians not being able to get their daily news oh, from Chicago. No. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. but I can't read Trump. But, but here's the thing is, is even, you know, the, even the thing is, it's not like the company I work for shut down operations in Germany or can never make money mm-hmm. in Australia. They just have to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we tend to conflate um, making money easily with making money, period, when exactly. that's not necessarily going to be the case. You have no right to make it easily. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is we've, we've gotten to a point now where the attitude is, oh, wh- why would we want to put obstacles in the way of innovation and profits and companies when the question should be instead, why, why aren't we? Yeah. It is a battle. Look at what Apple did. Apple, after losing in the Supreme Court, and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, the the issue is going to be uh, whether they could be sued or not as a monopoly by yeah. consumers. The mm-hmm. Supreme Court said yes, consumers mm-hmm. do have standing, mm-hmm. so that lawsuit will go forward. Apple's response was to create uh, a uh, what do you call this? A advertising page, propaganda, mm-hmm. a propaganda yes. page, yeah, that's exactly app store dedicated to the best store experience for, every- for everyone. What a number of people pointed we take out responsibility. is that Apple really this whole. <laughs> document just really underscores apple the fact that apple does have a monopoly yeah. Yeah. it's our store 
and we take responsibility for it. Yeah. And we charge you 30% if you no, want to sell no your app No defense. Yeah. But you. you're, you're going to love it because it's our store. Look, you're secure. Mm. We review apps. We reject 40% of all apps. We give developers a... So, but, but this, this didn't answer any of the issues mm-hmm. uh, uh, that I think people were raising about the App Store monopoly. But this is one of these investigations, these legal cases are so useful because, you know, their, Apple responds to their legal problems with this. We've just seen Facebook is going up in court, is, that going to ha- is going to try and literally argue the case that you have no expectation of privacy because you use Facebook. That's just a yeah. lawyer's. That's just a lawyer's. I know, it's just a lawyer's thing, but it knocks on to their public image yeah. and yeah. what people reckon. And this is why Apple's doing this kind of thing. Right, yeah. You're mm-hmm. going to see a major... What pr- would pr- ever pay- make you think you had any privacy on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, ever would you have thought that? I, was, I mean, you, Scott McNeely famously came up with the "you have no privacy, get used to it" mm-hmm. uh, thing. But I also remember when the Snowden archives came out, he actually tweeted, "Wow, I didn't know quite how right I was." <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being right. <laughs> yeah. um, we will also see the most important story, I think, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And by the way, our coverage of the keynote begins 10 a.m. Pacific. That's uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, mm-hmm. 1600 UTC. You could watch if Google isn't down at twit.tv slash live. <laughs> Actually, uh, we probably won't put it on YouTube because Apple has, a for some reason, oh, yeah. some aversion to us streaming its conferences on YouTube. So mm-hmm. we'll stream it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we do is commentary on it, which, mm-hmm. as far as I know, is still a- allowed in the free world. Oh, yes. They uh, haven't found out a way to block you yet. But, yeah. <laughs> well, they try. Believe me, they try. Uh, so Megan Maroney and I will uh, comment on it at 10 a.m. One of the things I think everybody is so excited, so excited, dark mode in iOS. Now, let's really talk about right. the real news here, okay? The real news. <laughs> yeah, like I said. What is it with people in dark mode? Wesley? <laughs> I, I don't know why I asked you. I, okay, <laughs> as a representative of Melanin, I guess I could <laughs> speak on this subject. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's not as harsh on the eyes mm. example but uh, <laughs> yeah you are pretty, pretty easy on the eyes Wesley uh, just the, also it saves tons of battery power yeah. that's uh, the real reason on so, a phone so, an OLED screen you mm-hmm. want a dark just screen. a software change and now they can boost numbers just generally speaking on all their devices uh, oh, I, thought, I thought it was really interesting Adam Angst uh, mm. Tidbits wrote a story on actually the fact that dark mode's bad for your eyes um, well, you, you do need more, like, technically, more light means mm. your eyes don't have to work so vision, hard. Vision research has shown humans prefer oh my God, dark on light because that's the real world. Yeah. You're yeah. out there in the sky and the sky is bright and the sun and stuff. Humans evolved outside. We're generally active in the daytime. We go to sleep when it's dark. We like to be able to see things. Um, and so a lot of research says that dark mode is, in fact, not as good well, I would eyes. like to see this, see how updated this is in terms of the studies. I think in general, yes, but it feels we, better to yeah. We are spending way more time in front of screens mm-hmm. where the nit value is a lot higher than they have been ever. It's like you're staring at a speck at the sun like, exactly. The whole time. Yeah, uh, and so That's yes, that I believe that was the case, but with uh, the screens and how. They're pushing out all these photons. I think maybe it's maybe not the case anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's certainly more comfortable for the eyes. I noticed mm-hmm. when I've been using dark mode for a while, and then I go to a page with like this, which black text and white screen, like, ah, my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually quite useful. I, I, I would say the real use of dark mode is if you're, if, 
quite frankly, it was the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Because if you turn on a, 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 a non-dark mode screen, it, yeah, instantly, yeah. Oh. it, it blasts oh. your eyes and it's the brain's just like, oh, it's daylight, wake up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the dark mode, you've got a much better chance of being able to just say, oh, it's not important, right, go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe the right, the, right thing, the right thing to do would be to turn your screen down and mm-hmm. use light mode, but uh, just have a less, a have dimmer a dim. screen. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we do know that they, all the blue in the screens is keeping people awake. Right. And all the notifications, that's also one of the updates that I we guess, skipped over about really, having a like, uh, sleep what, mode. Am I really the only person like who turns that. off notifications in almost all of her No, apps. but that's the new thing, right? You, yeah. you, you won't get notifications yeah. anymore. Yeah, sleep mode automatically turn off, do not disturb. Yeah, no, I actually yeah. have notifications turned off on my app on the phone like almost all the time. That's just, the key to yeah. me, and that's what I do, is I'm in do not disturb yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah. And then that way the phone isn't bugging me and yeah. if I want if I can look at it and mm-hmm. see what I what people are saying. I but I also try not to look at screens for like half an hour before bed. But you also have a watch do. though, right? I do and I put it on theater mode at ten o'clock at night. Okay. And wow. um she's serious about that. No, well, I am I am yeah. dead serious about sleep hygiene because yeah. I, yeah. I I think as long as you as long as you set down the boundaries for yourself where you're like, look, no notifications, mm. put the watch in theater mode so that even if you're moving your arm around it doesn't act, act accidentally activate and um, give yourself, you give your brain about a half an hour of not looking at any screen whatsoever. Yeah, I think that is important. That, then, that's the way, that, that, that last half hour. Clear out the buffer. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to introduce a new feature mm-hmm. on This Week in Tech. Alexa, delete everything I just said. <laughs> We're just going to say that every mm-hmm. five minutes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, this actually raises a... Um, so I, to- I told you before the show started that we recently cut the cord. We no longer get cable. And we use Apple TV for everything now because all of our streaming services can be accessed through Apple TV. Um, so there's a lot of Siri. Re- uh, my daughter loves doing the Siri. We want 25 seconds and watch I another scene. I love that. I do that well, all the time. Here's the thing. I don't deaf. know how to find out what Siri's microphone policy is. It's ambient yeah. listening policy. And... This could be coincidence or this could not. What I have noticed in the few months that we've been going through this, Apple TV is our primary TV interface and our only IoT device in the house, is my search engine autofill results have been uncannily tied to the things I've just been talking about. Ooh. And it's creeping me out. So, yeah. like you know, f- I, I'm glad that Alexa has I hear this a the, lot and I have to yeah. think that mostly it's coincidence. Well, I'm, I'm right? trying to figure out, like, how much of this I, is me looking for a pattern that doesn't exist right. and how much of yeah. this might be me right. observing a pattern that I'm not supposed to notice. But am I the only person that finds it really creepy that you've mm-hmm. got to give Alexa a command to say this? Why yeah. aren't they just de- deleting this stuff by default? Yeah. Oh, because it's not uh, their, the well, their responsibility. Just like human be- just like consumers are supposed to recycle their end waste, right. as opposed to co- as opposed to the corporations that generate the crap right. having yeah. a recycle. Just like you place. accept those cookies so, yeah. in mm-hmm. every website you go to, and every website. Yeah. It is one of my favorite T-shirts from DefCon: "Is Jesus is coming? Delete your cookies." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a, a fun time uh, this week on Twitter, and we've. I believe prepared a short movie to mm-hmm. demonstrate what fun we had. Previously on Twit. Oh, there's the alert. <laughs> Tornado warning for the next 15 minutes. Paul, take I would shelter take now. That, take shelter, Paul. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> they say, and then they get, what am I, a, a witch's house <laughs> on them. Windows Weekly. We will today cover the new Windows. Windows... Modern. All about Android. 
Walmart is now selling its own trio of branded Android tablets. Who said tablets were dead? Hands-on tech. The Pixel 3a XL costs like roughly half the price 3A. of the Pixel 3 XL. So how do they compare? You like triangulation. Right? I like all I, of I, I human really history like has shown that mass surveillance gets abused. I can't detach myself from my face. You know, at least a, a license plate reader I can get out of a car. We have never seen a technology this powerful be entrusted to those with police power over our lives. Twit, home of the Flowmaster. Security <laughs> Former home. We interrupt this program for a special announcement. This will be my final Gizfiz show. Oh. What? Nearly nine years here. Alex Gumpel. Uh, I will be out. The Flowmaster. To Seattle, where I will start a new life, a new job at a uh, TV station there as a broadcast engineer. I hope you can fix uh, the audio. I'll never <laughs> get to accidentally misspell... And elf again. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we Alex has been with us practically since Twit started. He came almost straight out of high school to work for us. Is going to work for uh, Como in Seattle as a mm-hmm. professional TV engineer. So we're very very proud of the Flowmaster. Oh wow! Thank mm. you. Yeah, thank you for your years of service, Alex. Uh, our show today brought to you by Eero. I love my Eero at home. Eero is the smartest Wi-Fi I've ever had. Wi-Fi was easy when you had one or two devices. Your neighbor didn't have Wi-Fi. You weren't trying to stream Netflix. But these days, the single router model just does not work very well. And you're probably all experiencing what I was experiencing at home. Honey, the internet is down. After about the 18th time I heard that, I decided to get an Eero. And I have to say, it's awesome. The best analogy is it's it's like a light bulb. Wi-Fi does not go through walls very well. So if you have a lamp in your you know living room and you hope it will light up your bedroom, good luck. With Eero, you have lamps all over your house. Eero beacons, which bring the Wi-Fi closer to you. It's essentially what enterprises, including Twit, have been using for years now in your home. An enterprise-grade mesh Wi-Fi system, and it's so easy. It's not complicated to install. You install the Aero app on your iOS or Android device. It'll walk you through the process, help you place the beacons. Depending on the size of your house, you might have one or two. We have five uh, base stations in our house because it's a big place. It's about 1,500 square feet uh, per unit. And then the Eero app lets you manage your network. In fact, I love Eero Plus. I can have, uh, in fact, we do. We have our 16-year-old's Wi-Fi turn off at uh, 9 p.m. Time to time to go to bed. No more Minecraft. Uh, we also have our devices stay up as late as we want because we're grown-ups. State-of-the-art WPA2 encryption. There's a guest network, which is great, so you can let guests have access to Wi-Fi without getting onto your network. And the most important thing these days for any device that's on the internet in your house, especially the router, is automatic over-the-air updates. Eero updates automatically, so you not only have the latest features, but the latest security at all times. And they do uh, updates fairly regularly, which is fantastic. If you ever have a question, their customer support is amazing. 30-second response time, and they will stay on the phone. I know they stayed on the phone with me till they fix the issue. Eero Plus is well worth 
uh, the small amount of money it costs. I use it for everything. It protects my network against malware, spyware, phishing attacks, unsuitable content. Uh, I could block it across the entire network. And by checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, EuroPlus protects you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Violent, illegal, or adult contents tagged. You can decide who sees what whenever you want. 99 bucks for a year is well worth it. I love the EuroPlus. Right now, we got a great deal. $100 off the Euro base station plus two beacons and a year of EuroPlus. $100 off when you go to Eero.com slash twit and enter the code twit at checkout. E-E-R-O, Eero.com slash twit. Don't forget to use the offer code twit. You'll save $100 and you'll let them know you saw it here. We really love our Eeros. You will too. I like it so much that when I got the new Eero, I sent the old one and my mom set her up because she was having Wi-Fi issues. Now she's got a great system and I can even go on my phone. I would if I had it, but I left it at home. I can even go on my phone and see what her network's doing. I can see what her router is. I could see, I could control it. I, it's wonderful. Uh, even when you're away from home, eero.com slash twit. Don't forget to check out code twit. Thank you, Eero, for your support of this week in tech and for continuing to give us a great product updated all the time. Uh, latest update from Google. Google Plus is still up. <laughs> <laughs> Gmail, not so much. YouTube, nah. Although I see some Maybe people in the chat. Maybe this is a marketing room. campaign to try and force us back onto it. It's Maybe, work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want the internet? We've got it. It's called Google Plus. <laughs> yeah, this is what Facebook was like 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, still big red dots. I don't know what the lag time is on down detector, though. It might be significant. But it looks like, frankly, it looks like it's getting worse, not better. It looks like a measles app. A, yeah. a measles map if the anti-vaxxers got yeah. their way. Yeah, this is the old <laughs> flu map that Google used to do. Yeah. Uh, oh, making fun God. of anti-vaxxers never gets old, just like some of their kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! This is why I like that. Oh! Wow, the snark that we're that the register.co.uk is so very famous for. <laughs> That's that a good that. joke. I have to remember that one. I just got it. It's, conta- <laughs> it's very contagious. Oh! <laughs> bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, uh, let's see. What were we talking about? I don't even know now. I would like to talk about uh, Microsoft being a possible candidate, even though it said Amazon, for this fourth wireless carrier. I like to plead the case of why Microsoft is better than Amazon. So we should explain the backstory here. Of course, T-Mobile mm-hmm. and, and uh, Sprint planning to merge. We mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that the FCC said, you go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The DOJ say, whoa, hold on, wait a, a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But the real issue, I think, for everybody is it's good to have four different wireless carriers and four major wireless carriers. If you only have three, I, I as a T-Mobile customer, want them to merge with yeah. Sprint. I think both as a Sprint customer, I want them to merge with you T-Mobile. You especially, <laughs> they'll get better. So the, the plan is, let's make a fourth carrier. Yep. And you yeah. say that the candidates are... They're, they're talking about shearing off Boost Mobile right. um, as and having that be spun off, but it needs to be acquired by a company that's large enough mm-hmm. that can compete with the other three. Is uh, Boost Mobile, it's not an MVNO? They it is an MVNO, team. but it would be like a, a license to the spectrum, to the same airwaves. So they would still, they would have dedicated access for a certain period of time. And uh, then eventually a company as big as Amazon or Microsoft could build could out their own, build out you know, their own and network. acquire their own licenses too in order to compete. And uh, there's an article on the rundown about how Amazon is possibly thinking about buying it and right. getting into the space. But Microsoft is a better fit uh, because if you look 
at what was in that uh, highlight reel about Microsoft's modern OS, how they're talking about how portability is part of the new future of mm. seamless updates, mm-hmm. bug fixes, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. For the laptop space, being able to sell something that comes with cellular access would be an advantage. And also, Microsoft is one of the only big players in gaming that has not come out with a handheld. Uh, so Sony has, so is, uh, so is Nintendo, but Microsoft has not. And they're absolutely up, right up there with Nintendo yeah. and Sony in the game space. And if you're talking about yeah. streaming games, which they're leaning into with their xCloud, mm-hmm. or not xCloud, mm-hmm. um, the, their gaming cloud, uh, that would also be able to, you can lower the power, but you'll need that connectivity and the speed guarantee. So that is why I think that is Microsoft should buy them. And plus, have they made noise company. that they want to buy them? Nope, they no. have not. No, they did kind of get burnt in the mobile sphere after. after they did, destroying and that's Nokia. also another good thing. Yeah, uh, they'll be able to have. They, they'll also have. They'll still be in the portable place, uh, portable space. But they'll and never they make could be, a fall. And they could be the backbone, right? Instead of actually being the one that. Right. As a major well, player. Couldn't Google do the same with Project Fi? Just expand that out and, yeah. you know. They could. That's a good. And that's an MVNO running on Sprint and T-Mobile. Yeah. Well, unless they're seen as a competitor. Oh, and uh, U.S. Cellular. So actually Google is kind of, kind of has a finger in all the pots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe then Google again, should we, buy Boost. Yeah, do we really want Google? I well. think their partners might not like it. Though. Yeah. That's right. They make Android phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so many Android phones. That's an antitrust stick to beat them with as well. Yes, Microsoft still has an issue with RDP. More than one million computers uh, vulnerable. Uh, yeah, Rob to, Graham did some good re- good good research on yeah, this. Yeah, this is a uh, an exploit that affects remote desktop, not in Windows 10, mm-hmm. but in prior versions of uh, Windows. And they call it Eternal Blue right. because every yeah. exploit has to have a name. Right. Thanks to Grossy the Dog for that name. <laughs> yes, it was. And with I the, think if you're watching a lot of Game of Thrones, that when he came I, up with it. I that. also think Eternal Blue is a callback. Oh, no, hang on. That was the NSA name for it, wasn't it? No, yeah. The NSA was. I was thinking Blue Keep. Yeah. Sorry. Or, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have, think that it's a callback to the Game NSA flaw, which powered WannaCry. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, it is called Blue Keep. It's using the. Oh, it is Blue Keep, it's right. Yeah. To the Eternal Blue. Blue Keep sounds like a Eternal surf Blue was the NSA exploit. <laughs> yeah. yes. Blue Keep is the weaponized Blue version Keep of it, which is, 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 this. is this new one, this RDP flaw, which because so few XP machines uh, will ever be patched, even though Microsoft, mm-hmm. weirdly enough, is offering a patch for No, it. no, they did it for, you have to for go the get it. XP. You, right. you can, yeah. you can but get you have to go this. get it, and that's right. the problem. Unless you had your own cellular network where you could push it out. Anybody who's still <laughs> running Windows XP <laughs> is probably not checking for updates. Right. No. Well, so, you they better that. not be connected to the internet. I mean, you say that. I went down to JPL a few years back for a, for a, a landing, mm-hmm. and their projection system runs on XP. You know, when the projector mm-hmm. went into dark mode, you got the little XP. Oh, yeah. It was just yeah, like, but it's not I'm online, JPL, right? for goodness sake. It's not online. It's no, just, I know, but, you yeah. know, there's a principle so, involved. There's a lot of x-ray well, machines. There's a lot of medical issues. equipment yeah. that you, is never going to be updated. It's budgetary issues. Yeah. You know, and it's difficult sometimes for um, well, and I'm not going to buy a whole new make a business x-ray case machine just so that I get the right. latest version yeah. of Windows. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So this is going to be Steve Gibson on Tuesday was saying it's going to be the end of the world. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. But uh, well, watch out for Blue Keep. And yeah. if you have a Windows XP machine or Windows Seven or Windows Server two thousand three or Windows mm-hmm. Server two thousand eight R two or Windows yeah. Server two thousand eight, mm-hmm. please update it so mm-hmm. that you're not part of the problem. Uh, because it's a it's a wor- you know it's a worm which means yeah. it will use the network to spread. It was but really- them fixing it is an exception. Yes, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean it's these are that's how serious yeah. Microsoft says this right. is. Yeah. Is oh oh we better. But the next this. one there might not be a security patch because these are yeah. EOL. Yeah. But if we, we I think they're desperate to avoid another WannaCry situation. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. In part, Marcus Hutchins is now looking at prison time. But yeah, I mean mm-hmm. so he's not going to be around for that. But. Mm-hmm. It, Looking through the the actual security announcement we got from Microsoft, this was very unusual language. It's like this is a wormable hole. This is not language they use. I think right. they're genuinely concerned about yeah. this. So this blog post from Microsoft was very very strange. We did talk about it uh, at length on Windows Weekly. Uh, this is from Computex, which just uh, ended mm-hmm. in Taipei, uh, Taiwan, and it starts off talking about all the new. Laptops. There's some very interesting PCs uh, and laptops coming out, some really nice ones. And then, in fact, Paul Therott and Mary Jo Foley thought maybe this was a cut-and-paste error. All of a sudden, there's a paragraph about a new operating system these machines can't run and probably never will run that Microsoft is dubbing a modern OS, sometimes with a capital M, sometimes not. So it's not even clear if that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. But they it's a manifesto, completely separate from the rest of the blog post, a manifesto for what the next version of Windows should have. Automatic, seamless updates, right? I, I think we say, all This agree. is what we were sold for Windows 10. That's oh, they said could, this every year. Yeah. Yeah. Secure by default. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because they're not going to say, well, there are a few holes in there, <laughs> but we can't yeah. find well, them Well, what yet. they're talking <laughs> about, though, here is... Uh, sandboxing and Microsoft right. has of late really been doubling down on the idea of sandboxing. They just released a, bl- a browser plugin right. that allows you to run launch. Internet Explorer in Edge. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the, argu- the argument they're using here basically is if your enterprise has a list of sites that are whitelisted, and then one of your users is like, "Let's go to another site," and they go into a site that is a known hazard. It automatically sandboxes that session right. so right. that nothing can escape that browser session, get onto your user's machine, and from thence hop onto the network. They also use a, a sandbox in Windows Defender now, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the antivirus. Mm-hmm. So when they say secure by default, they yeah. say the state is separated from the operating mm-hmm. system, a compute is separated from applications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just saying we want it the entire thing. Kind of like, what is it, Cubes OS, which is everything is, every process is sandboxed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Always connected. This is what you were talking right. about. Yeah. The idea of ARM chips that are. It's so cute how they think there's never going to be any dead spots in connectivity. It's a very, it's a very Silicon Valley, well, West Coast kind of phenomenon. The, it's uh, West sort of Coast by way of never having gone east of the Sierras. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> or even just yeah. north of San Francisco. There's uh, plenty yeah. of dead spots up north. Go to Bodega Bay sometime. Yeah. yeah. Um, Always to... connected with a modern OS. Yeah. Wi-Fi and LTE 5G will just work. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you, will, just no. work is the worst phrase It'll just ever. Work. No yeah. technology That means you're going to be hammering at the keyboard, shouting obscenities at some point in the next six and years. I don't never see how an operating system is going to will a network of satellites ever. into place. Like, I just don't. Well, well, you can be really good Elon at Elon is willing it into place. God bless him. Mm. Mm. Yeah. There's already 60 up. Now the astronomers are worried that if there's 12,000, you'll never see the sun again. Well, exactly. <laughs> and if, if we get a Kessler effect going on, then we'll never get out of the gravity well again. But, can, you, uh, can you imagine? Like, this is how... This is how you solve 
solve climate change. Sun- <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk flinging satellites. 12, so the planet is 12,000 uh, low Earth orbit satellites. Oh 12,000. There's only 2,000 uh, space objects right now. Mm. And now that admittedly is not yet the Kessler effect. You'd still be able to get through them. Oh, but yeah. At well, sunrise and sunset, the sky would right. light up with fair fireflies mm-hmm. uh, from this uh, starlink. On the other hand, the sky will be dark mode. Snapchat yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it might be worth it. Dark mode sky. <laughs> uh, they also say uh, that a modern OS provides sustained performance, um, a cloud-connected experiences, AI, multi-sense. This is interesting. People can use pen, voice, touch, and even gaze. Whatever input method a user wants to use works just as well as the keyboard That's and the mouse. spelled G-A-Z-E for those on audio. <laughs> I mean, I know it's Pride Month, so I'm just making sure. <laughs> oh, I never thought you could use gaze to operate an operating system. Okay. And then uh, I had to, like that contagious joke earlier, I didn't really think about what you were talking about there. Uh, and the modern OS has the ultimate inform factor agility. The right sensor support and posture awareness. It's unclear what they're talking about. Is this? It's because they're unclear what they're they're talking about. The real thing that Paul said is this is probably Windows Lite, which they've been talking Mm -hmm. a lot about, which is just a light version of Windows. I said this would be great if they started from scratch, created a whole new operating system with modern needs in mind, but that's not what they're talking about. Unless we're talking thin client, where um, they're leveraging the cloud to do the compute offsite so that it never degrades because it. It's most of the computers handling offsite. Oh, and that would be cool as long yeah. as there's no dead spots. Yeah, as long as there's no dead spots. Yeah, man. Uh, I I, we'll I watch with if interest. This modern OS is going to be aimed at an IoT crowd. They do mention IoT because this mm. this actually seems one of the biggest challenges in IoT can be inconsistent connectivity, especially if you're talking about cases like in oil fields mm-hmm. or yeah. some agricultural things. And so, if if Microsoft is like we're building an OS that is comparatively lightweight. And still allows connectivity, so it transmits data when you need it and when it's actionable. This this, this right. seems aimed right at it. Hmm. Paul Thorat took uh, yesterday to release his review of the Huawei P30 phone, mm-hmm. best smartphone camera ever. He said shortly after that, Huawei announced we're not making any more phones. Uh, <laughs> they are slowing down phone production because of the United States restrictions. Yeah. 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 Just as they become the second largest smartphone manufacturer in the world, and then this happens. It's, it's the weirdest like... story ever. And we'll never yeah. get to the bottom of it. We've talked yeah. about it a lot on all of our shows, but apparently the latest news is Huawei is ending smartphone production. It does make among the best smartphones. As yeah. you said, the yeah. number two smartphone company in the yeah. world. Mm. Paul loves That's... it. <laughs> I hope you... The problem with it, Paul, is three months from now, there'll be no more Android updates. So. Yeah. That's the rub. Yeah, I don't know if we want to use it. Uh, this is just... even being kicked out of the IEEE. I yeah. I mean, it's just... Everybody has just, just turned bonkers. their back. They're being... What is it? They're but there's none. Yeah. But there was, yeah. there was no yeah. evidence. You know, yeah. it's the same thing they did with Kaspersky. No evidence. Same thing we will. The it's reason security. why we went to Iraq in the first place. The, it's security theater. It's, yeah. the, it's the illusion of doing something instead of addressing... Mm. The real, it's it's watch the hand, watch the hand, watch it's, the but hand. But it's almost like one person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention the name. Almost like one, one person, person is, is like deciding to kill this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems that way for some I was reason. In a so jo- who benefits by the company uh, being killed? Be the I was, in, I was in a joke store yeah. in Vegas uh, yesterday. So, I was and they, say this sounds like a bad. They <laughs> had it was called Stupidiotic, which is a good name, mm-hmm. and it had red MAGA hats. But the the slogan on it was "Make red hats great again." <laughs> I, I like that. I I might buy that hat. I think that's a good hat. And Ian, uh, you have that sticker. Which one? Oh, 
Uh, yeah, make Root great again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that. Yeah. Nice. No, oh, I, wow. I picked that up at Schmookon a couple of years make ago. Make Root great again. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's a, that's, I, I could wear that shirt. <laughs> U.S. is now, see, we'll just continue in this vein. The U.S. is now seeking social media details from all visa applicants. Yep. I knew it. As an immigrant, I, I when the Obama administration first floated this, I was just like... Yeah, this isn't good. This is going to snowball quite. And now, mm-hmm. and then went from voluntarily give your social media profiles, only your public facing social media right. profiles, profiles, and now it's give it all now. Mm-hmm. And it's not as though terrorists are going to be going, ah, oh, off to America, about to blow up a bill. Oh, no, no, I meant to go and walk <laughs> through the tulips. Hashtag yeah. boom. Yeah, no, 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 no. YOLO. <laughs> so, so the new visa application lists a number of social media platforms. And then says, you must give us any account name you may have used over the previous five years. Oh, my mm. gosh. Can uh, you imagine for a young person who's had like a, a Finstagram or yeah. anything like that? It's just... Also, five years of previously used telephone numbers, email addresses, international travel, and deportation status. <sighs> As well as whether any family members have ever been terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, they asked that question. Right. Okay, story time. Back when, back, back, mm-hmm. back when you, as a Brit, you could come to the U.S. and they would just give you a little green form on, you filled in on the flight, and that gave you, you know, ninety mm-hmm. days access. Mm-hmm. And there were some yes or no questions you had to answer. It was like, have you visited a farm recently that had infectious things? Have you carrying any fruits and veg? Mm-hmm. And then the last question was. Have you participated in any acts of genocide since 1945? And you're just like, what are they what? expecting? So we go, tick, yes, at yeah. last, I just <laughs> cleanse my soul. You know? yeah. it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know why they put these questions in, whether it's a liability question right. or whether it's just something else they can throw at you. But Security with social theater. media, that's just... You know, it's a if great way to shut down immigrants who want to critique the U.S. on social media, yeah, you isn't can't it? Come here if you don't like right. it. Yeah, yeah. and it. if you're already here, it's a great way to right. uh, have you avoid making any observations that would appear not normal to right. anybody who's already habituated to what's going on in this country. It's like the censure, the the, the census form yeah. for oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how they, you have to check whether or not you're a citizen or not. Yeah. Did that go through? Is that is that in? So, it's still not. Fun story this week. Is this the hard drives? That, yes. This is just. A great story. I won't spoil it. Go for it. Um, and bear in mind, um, it's been a long decade, week, whatever. <laughs> um, as it turns out, the Republican strategist who came up with the citizens Thomas book, B. Hoffler. Yes. Yeah. So he dies in August. His estranged daughter, who happens to be a progressive, progressive. <laughs> finds these disk drives with all of the details as to how to get this highly politicized question onto the census. And so the the plausible, well, no, it's totally not a political question, um, defense has has now been um, Oh, yeah, because he, he explicitly says, yeah. you know, this is designed to bolster white and Republican support. And, yes, yes. You know, could, could he, really? Yes. What? <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> That's surprising. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, um, Mr. Hoffler's exhaustive analysis of Texas state legislative districts concluded such maps would be advantageous to Republicans and non-Hispanic whites and would dilute the political power of the state's Hispanic population. Yeah. And this is a man whose whose career was based on using computer modeling mm-hmm. to build the most elaborately ger- gerrymandered uh, yeah. sort of districts. But he didn't know enough to sanitize his hard drive. No, I know. <laughs> it's yeah. just... Well, I guess this is when you're grateful so, that the tech illiteracy is uh, mm-hmm. the moral. Endemic. The moral of this is: please uh, use uh, encryption, whole disk <laughs> encryption, 
and uh, make yeah. sure that uh, that way you don't have to wipe your drive. You just, I don't yeah. know. I like to think the moral of this <laughs> is if you're in politics, you. don't be a dick. But you know, yeah. <laughs> without questions on citizenship being included on the 2020 decennial census questionnaire, Mr. Huffeller wrote, the use of citizen voting age population is functionally unworkable. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted detailed citizenship data to draw the maps. Um, so anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of the smoking drive, mm-hmm. not a smoking gun, but the smoking drive, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that's uh, yeah. that's uh, neither here nor there. Let's. I mean, it's not just in the U.S. Let's talk to you, uh, Mr. Oh no, what have we done Mr. now? Ian Thompson, <laughs> if it's, if it's, if it's the ghost, bracket. the ghost protocol. If it's you know about ghost ghost GHCQ's ghost oh, protocol. These I can't swear, I can't swear. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. It sounds like the next Bourne novel. Yeah, it does. Wait, wasn't yeah. there a Mission Impossible Ghost yeah. Protocol? There was, yeah. a, there was a Ghost pro- yeah. Protocol. Okay. It was, this is a utterly bonkers piece of, of, of mental justification. Basically, uh, what they're saying is the intelligence agencies in the UK appear to have come round to the th- thought that maybe permanently backdooring encryption so that anyone who finds that backdoor can read all your communications might be a bad idea on the security front. So they've come up with this new thing. Make the telecommunications companies and the apps companies allow us to be added as a ghost partner in any group chats. So (laughs) if you're chatting with someone, even on an encrypted line, then the telco will have a legal duty, and they've already implemented this in Australia, to allow law enforcement to silently come on, listen to what's being said. Wasn't this the flaw in Apple's FaceTime protocol? That all you had to do was add a ghost participant and you'd be yeah. able to, well i mean they've, they've i wonder if that they were getting ready for this i mean gchq <laughs> which is our version of the nsa a couple of gchq engineers wrote a, a sort of think piece about three months ago going look this is how we get around it law enforcement needs to be able to listen in on this stuff but if we work with the app developers and the app and the app runners then you know people will show self-restraint and this will be you know something which will only be used very carefully and based on past experience i love all the restraint of a labrador and unguarded roast chicken <laughs> i mean they're going to be right in there grabbing everything they possibly well, can those developers 47 strong including apple google yep. and the usual suspects have written a letter they wrote it may 22nd to gchq to whom it may concern <laughs> we don't like this idea. Uh, they're 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 saying you know we don't agree with it. This is the Lawfare uh, blog uh, talking about it. It's actually been the best place uh, to read. Lawfare is excellent on this. That's sort of where stuff. the the piece was the Ghost Protocol piece yeah. was originally uh, publicized. Uh, Apple, Google, who else? Microsoft, WhatsApp, all saying this is a t- <laughs> obviously right. yeah. a terrible idea. Well, they don't want to get involved with this because right. it's, it's a massive loss. You know, it's, it's the no benefit in it for them and potentially massive losses. <laughs> uh, the authors of the proposal called it uh, virtual crocodile clips. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just I, I like the comments where it says government shouldn't spy on people. That's the businesses <laughs> of, the, of the tech industry. Well, that's true. That's the man's <laughs> capitalism. That's a good job. point. <laughs> yeah. We don't need the competition. The, G- <laughs> the GCHQ's ghost proposal wrote the uh, companies completely undermines the trust relationship we have with our customers and the authentication Knows Facebook process. is listed. Yeah, we trust. Yeah. We trust. <laughs> they trust us. They trust us. I mean, if you try this with something like Signal, then they'll tell the, tell the intelligence agencies to get stuffed, which is why, you know, What's That's, happening in Australia? Because that's well, a, that Australia, is the law. Pa- they've, they've passed the law. Uh, there was a, a this is it was a marvelous quote from some Australian minister who, with any luck, is out of a job now. But he was like, "The laws of mathematics may be what they be, but the laws of Australia." That was the prime minister said yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Just like, 
Oh, but, um, yeah, they, they passed this law. And now, officially, if law enforcement, if you're using a commu- any kind of communication service in Australia at the moment, then law enforcement can come to you and say, we need access to this content, make it happen. And it hasn't been tested in law yet, but it's... It's and going this to is be. the same com- country that's like, please, please, no, people have a right not to have unwanted email in their inbox. Yeah. Well, it's... Truly. Uh, expecting consistency. A little word of advice for our Australian listeners. Do not use the public Wi-Fi at McDonald's or mm-hmm. Westfield mm-hmm. because under the new encryption legislation, the and police can... You have can, to eat incredibly unhealthy food. Because <laughs> uh, police can compel those Wi-Fi providers to turn over information about people using their open wi-fi yeah um, i mean it's this is this is what's you know this is what's coming down the line mm-hmm. and i think particularly worrying in america is that we've now got i mean this will be fought all the way by you know think people like cdt and the eff and that sort mm-hmm. of thing but with the makeup of the supreme court as it stands at the moment and with two of the supremes who are actually strongest on privilege on, on privacy and, and security in their 80s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know the next 10, 20, 30 years is going to be really, really difficult unless, you know, there's some serious public education and public demand going through. Mm-hmm. And we're having discussions going back to Huawei about they could be spying, they could be listening in. Mm. Um, and we're losing moral ground here by not speaking out wherever it happens or yeah. wherever it could happen around the world. Um, and once again, it's aiming at companies mm-hmm. um, and not what is the thing that is causing the biggest threat and just surveillance against the population, no matter if it's in Asia or if it's in Australia is still something that can go horribly awry. Well, we've habituated people to surveillance as a consumer feature though. I mean, look at what smart homes are or look at the expectation that we've trained people to with web browsers where we've now got people clicking except on cookies because they think, Mm. Oh, it's perfectly reasonable for any company to monitor what I do online and in return, I don't have to deal with a bunch of pop-ups on a web screen. Yeah, I mean, one of the shrewdest things that people have done over the last 20 years is normalize folks to the idea that surveillance is a fun perk <laughs> of, of modern life and makes things more convenient for you. And in a way, mobile devices, and again, things like my watch, um, only make it much more so because we've voluntarily bought the instruments that right. allow everybody to keep tabs on us and erode our privacy. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, I think also... This coming back to what you were saying about Huawei, mm-hmm. it's if we if the US is going to start lobbing around accusations of backdoor kit and that sort of thing, it's a very thin glass house to be lobbing bricks like that around <laughs> in. Right. Uh, the US has been doing this since the 1950s with mm-hmm. crypto AG stuff and with you know in terms of uh, the dual point the dual mm-hmm. curve elliptical stuff. You know this is common knowledge, and so somebody saying, "Well, the Chinese are going to do it." Honestly, with the political situation in this country at the moment. I think there are going to be a lot of countries overseas looking, you know, who's looking more sane and stable at the moment, China or the US? Who would we rather have back doors from? Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Same with Wireshark, not Wireshark, but um, the Stingrays. Yeah. And there's a lot of technology here where people, when they find out about it, they're trying to change the laws. And so if, if it's legal here, we should speak out everywhere. Yeah. San Francisco's actually been very good on that. They just passed this, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. If you're going to use a stingray or any mm-hmm. kind of interception device within San Francisco city limits, you have, the police actually have to detail to the committee, to the our legis- to elected officials, mm-hmm. what they're using and what they're using it for. Because mm-hmm. at the moment, it's just it's wild west out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. people are just using the police are using stingrays. stingrays yeah. Are uh, just, hardware endemic. that 
impersonate a cell phone site, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and they can intercept your traffic. Your yeah. phone will and gladly your, join them mm-hmm. and yeah. become a man. I was actually attack. really surprised to see that as a plot point on the season finale for Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, really? <laughs> it was, yeah, no, it was a two-part, it was a two, two-parter. two um, And if you had told me that one-third of the Lonely Island was going to be... That's um, pretty funny. <laughs> ...was going to be on a TV show... They're getting woke. ...that, pro- that <laughs> protested the use of of these devices mm. in policing in New York City. Like, that was wow. literally the two-parter, was taking down top brass in um, the fictional New York City uh, police yeah, for for San Francisco uh, also just passed yeah. a bill against yeah. face recognition. In fact, that yeah. was yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. if you that saw was in included, the promo, yeah, that Brian Hofer, who was on triangulation on Friday, mm. yeah. was the advocate who got that law passed. It's mm-hmm. a great, yeah. a fascinating. Yeah. No, it's a great, a great bit of work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's unnerving though is that we're getting such a patchwork now, where some people have more rights in some parts of this country, mm. digitally speaking, than they do in other parts of this country. And um, how how are we going to reconcile that over the long term? All I know is sane politicians to look out for. <laughs> Google Plus is still up. <laughs> well, uh, that has to be what we call Google, this episode. Google, yeah. Google is saying Gmail service has been restored for some users. We expect a resolution for all users in the near future. Please note this time frame is an estimate and may change. <laughs> but I do see lots of red dots on uh, services, except of course for Google Plus, which we're so happy. Apparently, Google Plus uses no Google infrastructure at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're running that on Azure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our show today brought to you by LastPass. Then we're going to get to the good news. Happy, I promise, happy okay. news coming up next. Uh, LastPass is happy news for anybody. LastPass generates long, strong passwords and remembers them for you, so you don't have to. All you have to do is remember your master password. And... The minute I get home tonight, I'm going to use LastPass to change all those old passwords. They have a great security audit, which will automate it so I can go in and and find all the places where I reused passwords and fix it. That's the kind of thing a great password manager should do. I am a huge LastPass fan. I know you will be, too. And LastPass has a plan for everybody. LastPass Premium for individuals, LastPass Families. That's what we use at home. One of my features I love about LastPass Families, besides the fact that I can easily share family passwords with my wife, so we have a folder, the family. And anytime I put a password into that family folder, Lisa gets access to it. Uh, But she's also my emergency access contact. If anything should happen to me, she can have access to my password vault, which means she's not left out in the cold trying to figure out how to get into my bank account, my Facebook, and all of that. I think that's a really nice feature. LastPass is great for enterprises, too. If you have a team of 50 or fewer people, that's LastPass Teams. We use LastPass Enterprise here at Twit, and that is awesome. 100-plus customizable policies to give you more flexibility and control when it comes to managing access for your organization. You pick the policies that are right for your business, for instance, we have master password requirements here. We enforce a minimum length, the number of digits, things like that. We also uh, have admin to customize reporting so we can track changes over time, determine trends to continue to improve password security with seamless background sync, offline access, an app for almost every device. Actually, that's why I use LastPass. I have extensions for all the browsers. It works on iOS. It works for Android. It auto-fills on iOS and Android. That's nice, too. In fact, it's the first app I install when I get a new phone because then all the other apps I'm going to install, just the password's just auto-filled in by LastPass. I just love it. And it's secure. Your password vault is trust-no-one-encrypted everywhere except on device. LastPass doesn't have access to it. Only you do. LastPass. 
Join over 13.5 million people who sign up for LastPass and are loving and trusting it. It's my choice. It's what you should use, what we use here at Twit. If you want to know more, go to lastpass.com slash twit to find out how they can help you. Lastpass.com slash twit. They're nice guys, too. Nice guys and gals. I really like the LastPass team. Lastpass.com slash twit. Thank you, LastPass, for supporting Twit. Thank you, Twit listener, for supporting us by using lastpass.com slash twit. All right, good news. You want some good news? Happy news. I'll find some. Well, this was less happy news. Did you see Wikipedia's story about North Face defacing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was maximum scumminess. Uh, it was basically the uh, an ad agency noticed that if you look at, if you Google search for a, a landscape, mm-hmm. then generally the first couple of images come from Wikipedia. So they thought, aha, I've got an idea. Why don't we go to our client, in this case, overpriced tap manufacturer North Face, um, and say, right, we'll do some lovely pictures of these landscapes, have someone with your logo in, in the background, stick it up onto Wikipedia, and, you know, then you'll get lots of brand recognition in Google searches. Mm-hmm. And instead of somebody saying, well, hang on, that means spamming a public interest group with, you know, with, with advertising images, they went, great, in fact, let's make a video about how we they did it. They put a promotional yeah. video so on YouTube. Pro- the, the Here's the title. How can a brand be the first on Google without paying anything for it? <laughs> the, the Abuse shit. Wikipedia. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. The sheer hubris of it was just painful. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, Ad, Ad, I think it was Adweek picked it up. We picked it up, and the, the video was taken down within you know within minutes of... The, of, of they falsely claimed that Wikipedia helped them. They did not. And mm. Wikipedia, Wikipedia came back with an epic burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, shame on you, North Face. Uh, shame on Leo Burnett, the yeah. ad agency who came mm-hmm. up with this. Mm-hmm. This goes. This is the yeah. same as when Burger King modified their Wikipedia entry for the Whopper, right. and then in we- an ad, s- gave the Google Assistant a command to talk about the Whopper because since they knew Google Assistant took Wikipedia's copy. <sighs> They put an ad on Wikipedia. I don't know how these guys well, this is right. a punish them. Example of the perils of of hijacking third. Uh, hijacking third-party systems and mm. violating trust. There need to be consequences beyond bad PR. Well, the bad PR consequence yeah. is pretty serious. They, they, yeah, they, but the thing is, is they, you can no longer trust. Like, if, if, if you know that, if you're, hey, Alexa, tell me about Burger King, and Alexa effectively reads you an well, ad thanks to something Burger King did. But that happens on, go to the Donald Trump entry on Wikipedia But that's my my point is, is that's a violation of trust across several systems. Yeah. But Wikipedia has very good systems. There's editors go in, they fixed it. They fixed Mm. it here. They immediately told the world. And I think North Face got a big egg on their face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but it's going to be, it's going to be gone. Number one, that story is going to be off people's radar in a matter of days, if not already. And Mm. number two, it's not like there's going to be any lasting awareness on the part mm. of people who do use voice activated search to answer questions or who do use wikipedia to to realize how vulnerable either one of these systems are to misinformation for the purposes of brand recognition so they apologized to the register uh yeah they apologized to a lot of people we're not gonna do it and they made a big donation to wikipedia good oh uh, wait nope they didn't. no no they, they didn't, didn't. No. do that Bastards. wikipedia though did say actually though some of the pictures are very pretty so once you scrubbed all your logos out of everything yeah. then we'll, we'll carry yeah. on using them thanks but just i mean if i'm pat if i'm their rival 
Patagonia, basically, and my next move is to put a billboard saying, we don't mess with your free internet. And just, <laughs> yeah. and just like, keep reminding people what North Face did. Like, yeah. I, I feel like this is an opportunity that North Face has just handed to REI and Patagonia mm-hmm. and all of they the other people not. at the outdoor. I think they may but, have uh, learned the lesson that this does not end. No, what I'm I mean, saying is Patagonia could be like, unlike some people, we don't need yeah, to end up with yeah, Wikipedia. Right. should. Shame I mean, them. Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously, just keep Shame it in them. people's minds and associate yeah. it with. But I mean, you but, kind of expect again, scummy to- ideas from advertising agencies, but to think that nobody at North Face actually said, you know what? This might backfire, mm. and then instead just went and boasted about it. Yeah, but, right. the, but the tech story right. here is: if you have an intelligent, if you have an assistant like Siri or Alexa or Google Assistant that's using something like Wikipedia when you make a voice inquiry, like Wikipedia, who is Marie Curie? And it comes back with, well, Marie Curie happened to discover a couple elements, and more importantly, she's known for not wearing a lead-lined apron like this. That you can <laughs> you know? right. I mean, this is what you're. This is a vulnerability in the. This is a vulnerability in a system of education and information. But the sad part is they expect some yeah. of some of these companies expect backlash and they yeah. use yeah. that as amplification. Like yeah. if you look at yeah. IHOB or IHOP. IHOP. No, when they were talking yeah. about yeah. changing that. Yeah. Yeah, and they're oh, doing God. it again. Yeah. They're saying they're renaming themselves to IHOP. Yeah. yeah. Back to make, IHOP. Yes, and there's going to be another announcement. It's just the well, bad press like is the, part the of the cycle. Arby's yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Have you seen Nihilist Arby's Twitter? It's like one of my favorites. Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> but also, I mean, the same thing happened with Heinz because in the UK we have this stuff called salad cream which is kind of like mayonnaise but not. Yeah. Um, salad it's sort of, cream. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like faux mm. mayonnaise-ish. And there was the, they, a couple of years ago they were just like, we're going to ban it. Heinz said, that's it. We're no, no one's buying salad cream anymore. Bloody millennials. We're going to shut it down. Mm. And then there was huge PR campaign about yeah, bring back salad yeah. cream. And it was all marketing. Yeah. You know, they never intended to, to take out salad cream. So it was just like, I don't know not? what salad cream is, but I think they should cancel it immediately. <laughs> I vote to kill salad cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you had any messages on BlackBerry Messenger, I hope you saved them because it's mm. gone as of mm-hmm. yesterday or it's Friday, I guess. BBM. Yeah. Right? We loved BBM, right? We all loved BBM when the day, back in the day. Back in the day when it was yeah. good, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, and then we find out that they, back, they were willingly backdooring it for the Indian government. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, what what is left now for BlackBerry? Is it basically sit on some patents? They and- own They own QNX. Oh well, they uh, own a real-time operating uh, system. They're, they're sitting, they're making hay while the sun shines. I've heard they, all, they were talking about doing their own sort of specific secure communications, but I think that no, ship sailed. No, I think they have they, BlackBerry Enterprise. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I think QNX is the future. They've kind of pivoted into um, like we were talking earlier about bring your own device management uh, for enterprise. Oh, interesting. Uh, so yeah. they have they sell an enterprise server where. They can control all these other iOS and Android devices from other manufacturers and where they're trying to make money. Yeah. Well, I could get a, a little salad cream in my life for only a pound 55. Oh, they have it at my local grocery store. <laughs> they have yeah, salad they have cream? It, they, they have it in the ethnic oh. foods aisle. I know, I know. One of the things I love being an immigrant to this food. country, I get it's I have the to opposite to the of ethnic food. food. Dogs, <laughs> no, I'm know? always really amused at how it's one aisle where you've got, you know, your fish sauce and mm-hmm. you've got your pozole. What's it taste like? And then you've got salad cream. It's kind of like a, a <laughs> slightly sweet vinegary mayonnaise with that's more gloopy. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like you a know how to sell, boy. Yeah, yeah. Tartar yeah. Sauce yeah maybe. It's, uh, yeah, it's similar to tartar yeah. sauce, but not quite. But as no lumps. No they have yeah. the lumps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's sort of. You know, I will admit that 
If you're on video, you should watch his face as he's describing this thing. <laughs> it's a shameful thing to admit, but I do love post Christmas dinner mm-hmm. having a turkey lettuce yeah. and salad. And yeah. salad and, we, used, and we do salad that with Russian dressing here in America. Yeah, oh. it's yeah. just. It, it's, it's the one time of the year I'll eat it, but you know, it's you're right. It's a little. You say that shaming. with shame, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to T Series. The battle is over. T Series versus PewDiePie. <sighs> T Series, the first YouTube channel to hit 100 million subscribers. It's a, um, I think it's an Indian Bollywood channel. <gasps> Maybe it's PewDiePie's attacking Google. <laughs> no, I just PewDiePie like the idea. Definitely was in a rush like... to get to that. Uh, so it's million. pronounced PewDiePie and not PewDiePie. Pew I don't know. Pie. I pronounce it useless waste Pewdiepie. of flesh and organs. You call but, it you know, PewDiePie? It's a, it was supposed to, it was originally like a game channel where he shared us like, PewDiePie. And you know, that's what it was. Well, that's I where like it comes from. Know, in the past. Uh, I don't know, but I yeah. don't think it's PewDiePie. No, probably not. It, it, <laughs> I've never PewDiePie. seen it. I've never watched it. PewDiePie. <laughs> just read about PewDiePie his like terrible, PewDiePie. terrible stations. PewDiePie like PewDiePie. Wow. No, because it is pew pew pew. I'm sure, but yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. about the die part. <laughs> no, the only thing I know about that site is that a lot of people who do terrible things seem to really like him. Yeah. So. Uh, PewDiePie called for the battle to end last month. He said it, it's been a hateful race, and that's basically him giving up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the uh, there we go. Here it is. Mm-hmm. You want to watch T-Series hitting 1 billion, or whatever it is, 100 million subscribers? Keep this short and simple. Congratulations, T-Series, the first YouTube channel to reach 100 million subscribers. Uh, this guy looks like he eats salad cream. I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cartoon. Yeah. You can yeah. think of it. That means YouTube is up. March this, this is really typical. Yeah. Somebody else, a completely independent third party, has made a YouTube video and has millions of hits. You've just described the entire YouTube ecosystem. Yeah, yeah right there. Yeah. All right. Last story, but it's the happiest story of like, all. Can I add some context, though? T-Series oh, yes. is the equivalent of Disney in India. In India. Yeah. Oh, so okay. so that's why it's, it's so massive. Deal. It's yeah. because it's a major conglomerate of entertainment mm-hmm. there. Oh, I do love me some... In, yeah, some Coming some this in. summer, unfortunately, uh, I'm oh, handing in my that. Tesla mm-hmm. in a month. I'm hoping I will get it. Cuphead will be launching on Teslas this okay. summer. What I already have hell? great Atari games on my <laughs> Tesla. I don't think you should play Cuphead while you're driving. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh it will be just the first area of Cuphead, the world's most difficult game. I am actually a Cuphead fanatic. I have no idea why Tesla is putting this on their car, except maybe to show off the power of the computing platform. I was going to say, this thing called distracted driving? Yeah. <laughs> they don't let you play while you're driving. Oh, right. No. Okay. They're just you sit. So you, you know buy what? you buy an eighty thousand dollar car just to sit there. And you play, play it <laughs> while you're at the charging station waiting. Ah, to fill out. that makes okay. sense. Actually, yeah. There's the use, right. Oh, well, in that case, it's key and essential feature. Mo- model yes. 3, Model S, and Model X vehicles will get Cuphead on their 17-inch screen. Why not do something good like the original Elite or, you know, <laughs> this even is a good Donkey game. Kong? That's a good game. I like Cuphead. I'm a Cuphead fan. Okay. Huh. Very hard. Very, very hard. I'm surprised they don't have SETI. For the Tesla, wouldn't that be cool mm. to devote some of those CPU cycles to finding extraterrestrial yeah. intelligence? You know what they'd find? They'd find uh, the guy riding the Tesla Roadster. Up yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, I was watching a documentary from a YouTube guy that I follow, and he drove the Model X 
from, I think it was LA, to someplace inland. And he's charging this thing a bit RV park, so I had no idea you could do that. You know? uh, <laughs> it takes smart. eight hours, but... Yeah. You, know. yeah, you could plug it in the, the wall if you want. Yeah, but he, he sort of mapped out, okay, mm-hmm. they've got a 50-volt one here yeah, and a 25-volt volt one there, yeah, yeah. so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating how this is going. Mm. So let's mm-hmm. just uh, wrap up the show with a quick check to see how it's going uh, <laughs> for Google. It looks like uh, Gmail's coming back, YouTube's coming back. So it was really during this show only that we actually paid Google significant amounts of money to bring down the internet so that everybody would tune in twit. My evil plan has succeeded. Uh, And yes, Google Plus is still up and running. (laughs) Thank you so much, Wesley Faulkner. Good luck in uh, finding, uh, there's his uh, LinkedIn, finding new fans at linkedin.com slash Wesley 83 that's his Twitter handle, too, Wesley83. Yeah. Wesley Faulkner, we love having you on. It's great to have you in studio. And I'll be at Del DelRelCon uh, uh, Thursday and Friday this week. So if you're, at, if you're at DelRelCon, come say hi. Okay. Is developer relations? Yeah, developer yes. relations. And that's your special skill, developer yes. relations. DevRelCon. Oh, cool. All right. Come see him. Say hi. Thank you, Ms. Schmeiser. Lisa Schmeiser is editor at IT Pro Today at ITProToday.com. Yes. At L S C H M E I S E R on the mm-hmm. Twitter. Anything you want to plug? Um, no, not right now. Not other than our site. Our site. Just your Please site. Visit. Just mm-hmm. a good site. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, from the register.co.uk, everybody's favorite Ian Thompson. <laughs> well, I can think of a few people who I'm not. <laughs> that's, that's a sign you're doing your job. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Make enemies while the sun shines. Yep. Uh, Ian, anything you want to plug? Uh, actually, I'm. I'm going away in, in, for going uh, to in, a week, in a week's time. I'm going back to the old country for a couple of Will weeks. Will you have a chance so. to vote in the Brexit uh, redo? I'm not allowed to vote. Over? I'm not allowed to vote You're in the UK anymore. Here. I've been here. No, I'm. I'm I've, I left the country so long ago. I am no longer allowed to vote in its elections, and I can't vote here because I'm an immigrant. And despite what some people tell you, immigrants really can't vote in this you just country. Just tell me what you want to vote for. I'll do it. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I want a sale. magic unicorn. Which yes. Yes. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't we all? We do twit every Sunday afternoon, usually around two thirty Pacific, four thirty. I'm sorry, five thirty Eastern. Uh, that is twenty one thirty UTC. You could tune in at twit.tv slash live as long as YouTube's up. We have Twitch, though. We have mm-hmm. Mixer. We have Ustream. There's other ways you can watch. You can also listen live, thanks to Spreaker. Um, and uh, who else? Spreaker and Talk... Sh- who else do we... We have a live stream, audio, two live audio streams. Ice Twi- House? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Tune in. Tune in. That's it. Tune in and Spreaker. Mm-hmm. Sorry, tune in. Uh, you can also uh, go to the chat room at irc.twit.tv. That's where all the kids who are watching the show live hang in and hang out. If you want to be in studio, we had a great studio audience. All you have yep. to do is email tickets at twit.tv. We'll make sure there's somewhere for you to sit. It's a good idea to email ahead of time only because uh, if I'm not here or you know the studio is not open, we don't want you to get turned away. So please email tickets at twit.tv. One, one last plug, if I wouldn't mind. Sorry. Please. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to Standard Library. That's who actually paid for my flight out here. So oh. thank you, Standard Library, for bringing me. To Petaluma. Thank you. What is Standard Library? Uh, they are, well, they've shown me some things that I can't talk about, but right now they uh, they allow you to make really easy um, uh, using APIs at the a- API and, level. They they yeah. paste together things for 
uh, Slack and for Slack rooms. Oh, neat. So you don't actually need to be a, a developer to make tools that you need to, to keep your team informed. Nice. So it's very low lift in order to get some really cool functionality. STDLIB.com. Cool. Well, thank them. Yes. I appreciate them. Thank you, Standard Library. Bring you to us. Thanks, too, to Michael from Durham and Lonnie and Alex. Lonnie's from Deerfield. Alex is from Cupertino. To Seth from Fort Lauderdale. Blake from San Jose. Eric and Yvonne. I'm sorry, Yvonne. I hope it wasn't too painful. They're from Cincinnati. Uri, who is from Israel. Thank you, Uri. James from London. We had visitors from all over. It was really nice to have you here. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you... Uh, if you want to get downloadable versions, twit.tv, the website has all of our shows. You can also subscribe. And in fact, that's the best thing to do in your favorite podcast application. We always have Ian in the same shirt just for continuity's sake. <laughs> oh, no, I it twice on the I'm dreadfully embarrassed. It's a nice shirt. Oh, it's a nice shirt. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Another twit is in the can. Go Warriors! And Raptors. With no hidden fees for egress or API requests. Calculate your savings and try Wasabi with free unlimited storage for a month at wasabi.co. Hey, where are you going? Hey, hold on. Oh. Hold on, Leo. All the cameras are dead. Wait a minute. And, the, a minute. and the table's going up. What the hell? We need to, we need to redo, redo that. that wasabi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cameras are back. I didn't know it could do that, and now that I know we have two people, I say that. <laughs> All right, let me try that again. Take two.